Three, two, one. What the fuck did you just fucking say about me, you little bitch? I'll have you know I graduated top of my class in the Navy SEALs, and I've been involved in numerous secret raids on Al-Qaeda, and I have over 300 confirmed kills. I am trained in guerrilla warfare, and I'm the top sniper in the entire U.S. Armed Forces. You are nothing to me but another target. I will wipe you the fuck out with precision the likes of which has never been seen before on this earth. Mark my fucking words. You think you can get away with saying that shit to me over the internet? Think again, fucker. As we speak, I am contacting my secret network of spies across the USA, and your IP is being traced right now, so you better prepare for the storm, maggot. The storm that wipes out the pathetic little thing you call your life. You're fucking dead, kid. I can be anywhere, anytime, and I can, I can kill you in over 700 ways and that's just with my bare hands not only am i extensively trained in unarmed combat but i have access to the entire arsenal of united states marine corps and i will show i will use it to its fullest extent to wipe your miserable ass off the face of the continent you little shit if only you had have known what unholy retribution your little clever comment was to bring it down upon you maybe you would have held your fucking tongue but you couldn't you didn't and now you're paying the price you goddamn idiot i will shit fury all all over you and you will drown in it you're fucking dead kiddo hi everyone who, who is that <laughs> god damn <laughs> it's who the is navy that? seal copy pasta yeah yeah man oh, it's a meme god somebody on 4chan Jesus. got really mad at somebody and decided to be an internet tough guy and then everybody copied and pasted it <laughs> mm. okay we're sardonicast everybody have you ever had one of those written about you like they just like swapped the name yeah, put you, people people write course, copy yeah, pastas yeah. on my subreddit all the fucking time, and every once in a while it 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 gets me. It'll be like, I'll be like, what? I didn't meet somebody at a yeah. mall and and act rude to them, and then I'll search it and I'll be like, oh, yeah. everybody's posting this shit about everybody, and I'm just supposed to understand it's a meme. Okay. Yeah, that was mine too. Someone yeah. said like I I stole some kid's chocolate bar or something. Yeah, there, I don't know <laughs> where the, the fuck, fuck that one came from. <laughs> I didn't do that. I've se I've seen that one everywhere. It's so weird. I, I saw Ralph in the store the other day, and he <laughs> I'm like what? I wasn't um, in that store. <laughs> I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. Uh, this is Sardonicast. Yeah, I'm Ralph from YouTube.com/slash Ralph the Movie Maker. And I'm Alex from IHE. I guess we've run out of YouTube intros for the start now. It's just memes now. <laughs> this this was a request on the subreddit. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. We had a YouTube intro last time. I've actually still got another one up my sleeve. At least one. Oh, damn. <laughs> so uh, mm. we'll run out eventually. Maybe we won't. Maybe there'll just be new YouTubers uh, filling their shoes. But I don't, I don't think we should yeah. just be limited to YouTube intros. Once we did SpongeBob. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Could be anything. Mm. You'll see. You'll all see. I believe it after that recorder thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Um <laughs> So uh anyway, the Oscars happened. The Oscars. Yeah. And we're all hyped. I, we're I didn't we're watch buzzed one. about it. I heard my friends laughing at it from the other room. Oh, you had like, that's friends it. watching it in the other room and you were just so d yeah. disinterested. No, I was, I was playing uninterested. I was playing Red Dead. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't give a, a choice. fuck. How many hours have you put into <laughs> it? I had a great time. Red Dead? Yeah, Red Dead 2. Yeah, How, I don't know. What does, chapter are you it, on? I, well, I finished the whole game. I did oh, that a while ago. Like the campaign. But, so what are you doing now? Uh, yeah. I'm just fucking around. Okay. Go into town, you know, tie some people up in the middle of the street, and then put a bunch of dynamite down, and then, you know, let it loose. Yeah. <laughs> just being yeah, a psycho, fun yeah. Red Dead 2 when yeah. the story's done. I just, I just beat it on Sunday. 
It's uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, really? There's I I like the game overall, but it did it did drag on a really fucking long time campaign wise. There's so but much. But which which part? I don't know. Two chapters of epilogue. I don't know. Like <laughs> the the whole end. <laughs> yeah. Like even before that, I was just like, ah, come on, I want this to be over. The only ch- the only chapter I thought was weak was the one where they went to that foreign country. Yeah, that was, was a weak like, chapter uh, some, for sure. Some like South American, some island, oh, yeah, the island. Caribbean thing. island, yeah. something like that. That was yeah. definitely but a weak that was chapter. the weakest chapter. That was unnecessary. And I even went, I went back there to explore it, you know, because I love exploring every nook and cranny. And there's not oh, you can much go back there. there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. You, you. You. The only way you can go back there is if you load your game from when you were there. Oh, like load a mission from there or something. Uh-huh. Okay. So I oh, did that funny. and I tried exploring and like the the guys will just try shooting you if you try to go anywhere close to the castle. So it's like pointless. <laughs> All and, right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about the Oscars. Well, but, but they're so interesting. <laughs> I guess we can talk that, about it then. Yeah, I mean, clearly. We just want to talk about them yeah. so bad and not talk about Red Dead Two. Who won for what? What are the categories? Okay. I have the list up so we can quickly go through them. I'm only going to read the winners. Let's start with Best Actress. <coughs> this, is, this is a good one to start with. Um, winner, Olivia Coleman for The Favourite. That was my pick out of the, out of the that choices. That was my happiest result. I was happy to hear about that one yeah. and Rami. But yeah, which was next. We'll Best Actor mm-hmm. uh, winner, Remy Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, not unhappy with that one. Yeah, I didn't like the movie that much, but... He was good. He was definitely the best part. He deserved And that. considering the other nominees for this category, I mean, well, it's not that strong, really, for Best Actor, so... Yeah. I thought Christian Bale did a great job, honestly. Too fair, I haven't mm-hmm. seen Boyce, so... Yeah, whatever. he did a fucking like fantastic Vigo, job. I could have seen him winning easily, but, I mean, Rami was the more popular one, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so best Supporting Actress, uh, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. Haven't seen that one. Yeah, I, I saw it. I, I mean, she was really good in it. I, I really. This was a category that I did not have any strong opinions on, because like they were all mm. great, but there wasn't a clear winner in my head. So yeah, I can see that. Bill Street didn't get anything, right? It got well. It got best actress, and I think that's it, or best supporting actress. Oh, okay. I mean. Is that one worth oh, a watch? Yeah. I've just haven't bothered watching it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was better than like half the nominees for best picture. That's for sure. It's not no, as right. good as I Moonlight. Mean, <laughs> it does drag on a little. Like there, it does get a little repetitive. But overall, it's like it's probably the most aesthetically beautiful film I've. I saw at TIFF in terms of like color palette and framing. Like it's a very it's yeah. a very nice looking movie. Soundtrack's really great. Although they do play one song a couple too many times, and some really great and powerful scenes in the movie, honestly, like it's a seven for me. Okay. I, I think so. I, I would it has its flaws, but definitely worth watching. Definitely better than a lot of the best picture nominees. Yeah, they probably didn't even see it. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> best supporting actor, uh, Mahershala Ali, Green Book. Thoughts? No real strong opinion. I thought it would have went to Sam Elliott though. Yeah. I mean, but he was good though. He's not the issue with Green Book. Yeah, I thought he was good in the movie. Yeah, I'm not. I thought like, him angry and Vigo were choice. very good. I thought he was. But... I thought he was good. I'm. Maybe I just didn't like his character. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's the way he was written too. Exactly. It's the... I just found him to be kind we're, of. We're going to talk about Green Book. Green yeah, Book we'll get has into a lot that more towards yeah. the end yeah. when we get to best picture, <laughs> uh, best director Alfonso Cuarón for Roma. Good. Not unhappy. Would have been. 
cool to see Yorgos get it, but not unhappy about Alfonso. Yeah. Yorgos will have his day. I mean, Roma deserves it, though. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to get angry about there. Best original screenplay, Green Book. Woo! Really? <laughs> <laughs> over uh, the favorite, the screenplay. over Roma, over First Reformed. Yeah. Didn't they not do their research on the... Well, they didn't consult the other guy's family in Green Book. They consorted the Italian guy's family, not the uh, black musician. Oh, that's funny. So That's yeah, hilarious. They won Best Screenplay, wow. even though they didn't do their research. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> yeah, really. That almost seems like contradictory to the There's themes scene, of the film. He's eating fried chicken. He's eating fried chicken, right? And then yeah. apparently in real life, the guy likes fried chicken. But in the movie, they play it up like he hated it. Like, oh, it's disgusting. It's supposed to subvert your expectations. Yeah. Vigo's like, oh, and destroy is it stereotypes. the food of your people? Oh, oh God. <laughs> you don't know Aretha Franklin? <laughs> this is your music. We're just this into the Green Book discussion. Let's well, go through the rest before we go yeah, into sorry. it. Yeah, sorry. Everything comes back to Green Book <laughs> in the end, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it yeah. is the ultimate winner. Uh, anyway, best adapted screenplay. It's the ultimate wiener. Yeah. <laughs> Black Klansman for adapted screenplay. Good. Uh, yeah. I'm happy yeah, it got whatever. something. Yeah, I mean, I I guess my preferred win would have been Buster Scruggs, but there's no way that would have happened. So. Yeah. Yeah. This is not this is not an outrage or anything. This is fine. No. Yeah. That's just fine. Next one was best animated feature, yeah. and Into the Spider Verse took it, which I was personally which quite happy good. with. I was very scared Incredibles Two was going to take it. That would have been very funny. Did you see that apparently there's there was like a a Blu-ray uh cover sold at certain stores that had um for Ralph Breaks the Internet they had winner of uh the 2019 best animated feature because really? they printed them before they <laughs> the awards were actually announced. For Wreck-It Ralph 2? Yeah. <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph 2. That's weird. Yeah, they were thinking that they I thought they you were going to say The Incredibles 2. No, for Wreck It Ralph. Because that two. makes sense. Yeah, but they thought Wreck It Ralph two. Somebody Ralph snapped Ralph. the photo of that and posted it on Twitter. Out of all of those, yeah, that's funny. Because didn't you see it recently, Adam? I saw it was rated. I saw the first ten minutes before I skipped through it and vomited. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, it's not good. Can't believe it's nominated. Like it's actually an insult to category, in my opinion. It's that the one. animated feature mm. category. Fucking Box Trolls was nominated the year that the Lego Movie wasn't. <laughs> uh, Didn't even nominate the Lego Movie, but they nominated Box Trolls. I think that was the year that like yeah. Big Hero Six won too. Yeah, no, it did. But I think this is the first one out of like six movies in a row or something where Disney hasn't won an award. More than that. Is it more? I went and looked at what they. They were, and I, Brave won an Oscar. Brave, yeah, of remember of that course, movie? Yeah, really. Jesus, yeah, not a man. surprise. They just don't care at all, do they? If you make an animated feature that is a legitimately great movie, but it doesn't appeal to families and children, then they won't pick it. Mm-hmm. Spirited Away barely fits that mold. Like you could still be like a a young person and still watch that movie. Like Miyazaki is considered like even though there's kind of adult things that happen in it, it's still considered like family esque. It's yeah. like family ages. enough, yeah. even if there's some scary uh-huh. things that happen in it. Older kids, yeah. Like you, you got a tween or something. Whereas like it. Isle of Dogs <laughs> is not really a kids movie. Anomalisa was not no. a kids movie at all. So no, of no. course they wouldn't win. And uh, yeah, I, I mean like the, it, for Spider Man. Technically, even though it's a Sony film, it does help promote the entire franchise of Marvel and Disney 
and they're making money off of off of it in certain ways, right? So Disney I mean, it's always not to say wins. the film actually deserves it though, I reckon, out of those. Yeah. Those I boats. mean, Isle of Dogs is a better movie in my opinion, but you guys I mean you yeah, guys can I would have been happy with either of those two. So I was just glad it wasn't you know, Incredibles two or yeah. Ralph yeah, Breaks the nice. Internet, especially <laughs> Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah, we got to see yeah. um, those two those two boys get their Oscar when they were snubbed from the Lego Movie. So, oh yeah, mm-hmm. Phil Lord and Chris yes. Miller. Chris Thank Miller, you. yeah, Lord. Anyway, oh, best foreign language Lord. film Roma. Uh, so that was weird. That was nominated for best picture and best yeah. foreign. That's film. happened. That's before. very weird. That's happened before. But that like that could hypothetically mean you win twice. I know that it's most likely not going to happen, but still, it's fucking weird. Just nominated for one of them. <laughs> Either Best Picture or Best Foreign Film. I forget if Best Animated was... No, I think I think there was an animated film nominated for Best Picture, but that was before they had the, their own category for animated. So I don't know. I think mm-hmm. the... Well, you know, I, th- I think when it comes to having a category like best foreign language film, it's only just to make up for the fact that the Oscars will never <laughs> really nominate foreign films for best picture. Like it's, it's happened what three times no. now total like yeah. a more Roma and like one other film. It's an industry event for Hollywood. So it's movies that mainly come out of the industry here and America, but yeah, they treat foreign films like they're this other thing. <laughs> Yeah, like there's separate. no like, reason oh, these, why they these have movies to. aren't as valuable as the ones we make. So, but we'll give them a little <laughs> award. We'll chuck like one award it's at rich. them. <laughs> Every country, pick one movie. <laughs> it's not written into the rules that it has to be an industry event for Hollywood and not pay attention to movies made outside of America. It's not like it's not like that's the goal of the Oscars. No, in writing, but I'm saying you got to be realistic least. about what they're going to see. Oh yeah, they're of course. in Hollywood. They're, they're a bunch of Hollywood farts. elitists, yeah. and they have all their friends are like these movie producers. Hollywood who just send is them the all best. These movies for free, yeah. All of the best films every year come from America only. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> the thing is, that kind of used to be true, and now it's not. What do you mean, kind of used to be true? Used to be well, the film industry was born here. Well, I mean, depending on how far back you go, I guess. Yeah, I guess depending on how far back you could. I guess that's debatable. Yeah, I guess that 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 is pretty pretty debatable <laughs> in my opinion. I, I think this is the first country where it was a huge success and it became like this huge industry. If we're talking like, we're about the like first big ones budget to create Hollywood a whole film industry, crowd pleasing in yeah. a sense, making movies this thing that anyone can see. But yeah, uh, you might as well just not even have anybody announce the foreign language category if you're going to have the same film and being nominated for several other awards including best picture because there's no question you can't have roma nominated for best picture and then choose shoplifters for best foreign language that wouldn't make sense no like you've already decided it with the nominations and it deserved it i mean out of the nominations for sure Sure. no burning nomination that was weird no, because they can only Not pick surprising. one movie from each country, too. <laughs> no, <laughs> the Burning Burning country. was Korean. <laughs> yeah, South Korean. They didn't pick... Uh... They didn't submit Oh, did they didn't South Korea pick it? Burning? Well, let's look at this. No, you know what? South Korea probably submitted it, and they just didn't accept it. That's what I was saying. That's what I was oh, implying okay. here. I'm Sorry. pretty sure they, they submitted Burning. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Uh, yeah. They probably didn't watch it. It's probably too long or something for them. <laughs> it's probably too long. <laughs> I'd rather watch a movie with Americans in it. <laughs> it fully is. They didn't want to read. Uh, they don't yeah. speak English. <laughs> Quite seriously. Let like, me watch Green Book again. <laughs> the Academy voters do not watch every single film. 
Like they don't. No. It's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. They just don't give a shit. My friend goes to film school and someone who's on like a part of the team who votes on the movies was like bragging about how they haven't seen all the films for some yeah. reason. It's just a like, lot of them are like that. Such a farce. Uh-huh. Yeah. I should be proud you, of I that. I think I said before on the show, I have a friend who gets the screeners too and he just gives them to his maid and the maid watches them and votes. Yeah. Like that's the <laughs> that's just the way most of them are, I think. <laughs> most of these award voters. Chloe Grace Moretz is an Academy voter now. And uh <laughs> She was really? yeah. <laughs> she actually she's she, gonna vote for herself. She seemed to take it more seriously, I guess, than than you'd expect. But at the same time, mm-hmm. she was like, she was on Jimmy Kimmel saying like, "Oh yeah, I was just watch it with my siblings and then kind of get their thoughts on it and be like, which you know, which one did you like better?" I'm like, "Well, why are you the voter if you're just getting your siblings? Yeah. If you can't <laughs> how, even like how does determine? It work? Well, they get screeners and then they have like a ballot." So mm-hmm. they just they just. I'm check just wondering how many people like are Academy roughly. voters. There's like yeah. thousands, apparently. Yeah, thousands. Yeah, must so, be quite a few. They There's added a, a bunch more because it was LA. too many old white men. So they were like, "Uh oh, yeah. I guess it's showing in our choices." So they added some more. Yeah, and it didn't work because Green Book still won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice if you could actually see where the votes were going. You know, actually see some statistics. Yeah. Hold them accountable. Release the emails. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Best documentary feature, Free Solo. Anyone mm-hmm. seen that? Yeah, Adam? I've seen all of the the best documentary uh, nominations. I heard Free Solo was good, yep. but Minding the Gap is what I saw, and I don't know. I think that deserved it. I preferred uh, Minding the Gap. I am not surprised yeah. that Free Solo got Best Picture. They were both great. My only really big issue with Free Solo was the score. It deserved a much better score, as in like the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It was from the guy that did the the score for uh, Amusement and um, World War oh. Z. So so he'll he'll create like a stock score, and this is probably the best score he's ever made for this film. But it was still just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, this could be in any movie. When I feel like the visuals yeah. deserved so much yeah. more. There were two documentaries in this this category, the Hale County one and RBG, that totally did not really deserve to be there at all. And there were three other documentaries I've seen in 2018 that were just so much better. Alex, you mentioned one already. The Peter Jackson, They, they Shall Not, they grow, should not old. grow Old. Yeah. That, like, easily you could have made room for that. There was Three Identical yeah. Strangers. There was um, the Mr. Rogers documentary, the um, yeah. Won't You Be My Neighbor. Like, Won't those are three right there that, like, were so much better than at least two, possibly even three, of the uh, nominations there, by far. And it was just so weird that they they didn't include them there. I have no idea why. Because they think no one cares about documentaries. It doesn't fit into the circle joke of Hollywood, yeah. you know. I'm surprised they didn't campaign to get those removed, like added to the commercial breaks, like they were going to do for editing yeah. and cinematography, mm-hmm. <laughs> where they just don't even announce them on television. I would recommend you watch Free Solo. There's um, Once you've seen it, the guy whose name I forget, but the subject of the documentary, the uh, the solo climber, there was a really good YouTube video that I watched recently uh, where some, I forget, uh, media online YouTube company or whatever, interviewed him breaking down climbing scenes in movies. So it'll be like him oh, yeah. talking about like the 
stunts in Mission Impossible 2 or whichever one that was where they're like climbing up the mountain. And he it's so very interesting and very like fascinating. And this guy's just like top of his game and he knows like every detail. He's talking about like the different techniques and it's really interesting hearing him talk about it or like, oh, that's not possible. That's not realistic. <laughs> cool. I'll look that up later. Best original song. Shallow won that one from A Star Is Born. Not surprised. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I like that neither. song. But I think I like the Buster Scruggs song better. Yeah. <laughs> that was never going to win. I know. Especially no. compared to the, the the Lady Gaga song was so popular. Of course that was going to win. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. surprising about that. And I'm not even, like, upset about it, really. Nah, me neither. At least Stars Born didn't win anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was kind of worried Lady Gaga would win instead of Olivia Coleman. Not that Lady Gaga's bad, but... That would be disappointing, you know. not nearly as disappointing as a Melissa McCarthy win in that category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been the worst. That would have been <laughs> hell on earth. That would have been a disaster, yeah. and I'm glad it didn't I would didn't have liked happen. to have heard your scream. Oh, God. She'd, she'd I would have been so upset. <laughs> like, staying on the music thing. Yeah, sure. Best original score, Black Panther won. Mm. Black Panther won a lot, right? Yeah. Won quite, it won a few, didn't it? I wouldn't say it's best score. No. Yeah, it was. It was. It was <laughs> I'll just <leave> it there. <laughs> Marvel music and added African drums, and that's it. Really, there's no. Yeah, there's nothing memorable about it. Black Klansman had a really great score. It was a bit overused. Same mm -hmm. with Beale Street. Yeah, Isle of Dogs had a Isle great of Dogs. score. Suspiria. Which oh I yeah, mention. there's so many that weren't nominated this year that it was just. Yeah, tons of upsetting. great scores. Yeah. The next two go to Black Panther, those being Best Production Design, which, I mean, if you're going to give it anything, fine. Yeah. Give it that I'm one. I'm actually okay with that one. It yeah. deserves that. I think uh, yeah. Roma would have been my, my pick for that. Yeah, me too. But, I mean, that's the best thing Black Panther does. It's not an outrage or anything. Yeah. And it also got costume design, which is hard to get angry over, too. Yeah. It was a costumey movie. Yeah. Clearly a lot of work went into that. Yeah. I'll give it that. Best cinematography? Roma. Nice. Good. I have no problem with that. Yeah. With that. That's a good one. I, I Alfonso thought that Caron was pretty won again because he was the cinematographer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking crazy talented guy. He he was nominated for four different categories. Like literally yeah. himself as an individual. Yeah. So it's like, did he write a speech for every single one? <laughs> he got up on mic like three times. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. He deserves it. No, yeah. yeah, he does. The Academy likes him, too, which is good. Yeah. Best visual effects. First man. Not unhappy. Which would have been my pick out of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm just glad choice. Ready Player One didn't win. That would have been my <laughs> anger moment. I'm happy Black Panther didn't win. Didn't Black Panther win? Uh, it didn't get it nominated, nominated, for, that. nominated for that one. It wasn't no. nominated for Oh, really? Cool. Oscars. I didn't know that. It was uh, Avengers, it for Christopher one of these, Robin. Like BAFTA or something. Oh, yeah. It was some Ready other one random solo. awards thing. Yeah. Was it, was it the BAFTAs? I don't know. <laughs> I have no Who idea. So <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah. Okay, best makeup. Obviously going to Vice. Yeah, that was predictable. Mm, deserved. There's that, that award seems created for that movie this year. It's like no competition. I really want to see Border. That was another nominee in that category, and I missed yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it while I was at TIFF, and now it's like impossible to find. Best sound editing, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Boo. And also one for mixing. Yeah, I know that's such bullshit. I don't think the Academy understands the difference. I think they don't like 
the majority of Academy yeah. voters are like, this movie had sound, and so they just checked the same answer for both. It was the same answer for both last year, too. Do you think it's more about that the film is about sound and music, so they just assumed, oh, it must be good because they're doing it in the movie? I think so, and also, like, they, <laughs> they watch these on, on DVD screeners. So, like, there's no guarantee at all <laughs> that they're listening to yeah. this with a good sound setup. Oh, they're absolutely not. Yeah, they might be playing it on their <laughs> Most fucking of them phone, as David Lynch would say. <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. I don't I don't think they have a thorough understanding of the sound category at all. Roma would have been a great choice for both of them. A Star is Born would have been a great choice for mixing also. Like, that's something where I actually notice, like, oh, wow, they actually did a great job mixing for the uh music scenes in general like when it was like the difference between you know the crowd performances and at home and i thought they did a great job with that but mm-hmm. yep well bohemian rhapsody streak wasn't quite over because it won the award we're all quite pleased about i'm sure best film editing bohemian rhapsody oh god terrible editing, <laughs> terrible editing. <laughs> it was like easily uh. the worst one <laughs> well the film feels very recut yeah, by producers. Sure, yeah. I mean, I we talked about how Queen had influence over the movie. I'm convinced, like the band members kept adding in close-ups of the characters <laughs> of themselves in the movie. Oh, like there's that, that one scene, scene. It's the famous scene that that's on Twitter. Sense, yeah. yeah, when they're like sitting at the table outside, bam, and they bam, just bam, keep putting bam, the random bam, close-ups cut, to them. Cut, cut, so yeah, because I think I think the band members just want I want more close-ups of me. I think they <laughs> fucking ruined the movie. How can they see what I'm thinking in this scenario? yeah any one of those nominees i would have been happier with maybe not vice though vice had some pretty obnoxious editing but bohemian rhapsody was the most like incompetent vice was just poor concept for editing yeah it it never went above being serviceable to me in bohemian rhapsody like there were points where it was fine and did the job but there was nothing about it that really screamed yeah this is really this is really striking me purely on an editing level, like Suspiria did, and yeah, should have won. Yeah. I'm just Wasn't happy that nominated. there were some Or the uh, favorite. Memes. If you're going to talk about something nominated, the favorite <laughs> yeah, totally yeah. deserved editing. I mean, that movie, yeah. the way they cut, oh, yeah, you're a, right. added you're a lot of comedic right. effect to a lot true, of the, yeah. the scenes. Yeah, so. it really helped with the flow and the tension and the pacing. Like, that's, right. that's something where the editing isn't as noticeable like you're not going to pay attention to the editing but it does help the film out so much right best animated short have any of us seen all of these yes no i have it's the it's the one with the dumpling right yeah pixar wins the best one. animated animal behavior was good and the rest were either lukewarm or bad weekends was fine but the other two were kind of bad okay yeah i got, I got nothing to say on that one yep and the same for documentary short, period, end of sentence, of won that one. Yeah. And penultimate one, best live action short, winner skin. I saw all of them. It was the funniest fucking one, and unintentionally so. It was easily the worst one. It was mm. so what, cartoonish. Skin? Yeah. The trailer looks good. It looks promising. But like, holy right. crap. It is just so unbelievably cartoonish. You have to see it. It's the funniest <laughs> fucking thing in the world. I'm not even kidding. I laughed out loud by myself to the ending of that movie. <laughs> you can find it on iTunes. Right. If you go Oscars 2019 shorts and just search for that on iTunes, I'm sure you can find it. They've got a bunch of them and Skin is on there. Holy crap, it was so funny. Mother was the, the <laughs> best one I saw out. out of the live action shorts. And Skin was easily the worst. Another movie called Mother? There's so many movies called Mother. 
Mother or Mommy or Mom? <laughs> There's three films called Mother that I've rated seven or above on IMDb. There's like three called Mommy, right? Or There's, yeah. Well, two? there's at least one called Mommy that I can think yeah. of. But there's Whatever. three called Mother that I know of that I that I actually <laughs> like a lot. So, moms are very popular. Well, we're here, guys. We're here at Best Picture. Oh God, Green mm -hmm. Book, winner. Bar hilarious pick. Bar. I was not expecting this one at all. Which so you guys made me watch. So I guess now we're gonna talk about Green Book. I didn't make you watch. Quite honestly, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. I, you asked the question, should I watch Green Book or Climax? <laughs> <laughs> and I think Ralph, you just told him to watch Green Book, right? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of like just I I really Book. wanted you to watch Climax, but I didn't want to step in and try to like persuade or control you here. Oh, you I want watch... him to watch Climax too. Yeah. But like we're not going to not Green talk Book about is Climax, all the rage though. right I just now. Figured, okay. gonna do with the Oscars. Yeah, just make sure to catch that one before it's out of theaters. It might only be in yeah, for yeah, like yeah. a short time. Maybe ne maybe next week. We'll talk Holy about crap! It. I want to see it again too. Oh yeah, I've seen it twice now. Mm. Green Book. <laughs> It's funny. We thought Black <laughs> Panther was gonna win, yeah. you know, to 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 just to show that the Academy's really progressive. And then the Academy ended up picking like the most racist movie of the year. Pretty <laughs> <Basically>. much. <laughs> Not to call it like blatantly racist, but it's I mean, just like racist, what I was saying yeah. before, the the fact that they just didn't even acknowledge or talk to this guy's family or give a fuck about his character is hilarious. It's also in concept, kind of like a white savior movie. You know, it's like another the yeah, blind. Yeah, it really side. is. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. you can't, Which you can't have any Oscars. progress in your own racial history. Let's ignore everything that black people did and, and focus on the white guy that helped out. It was so safe and by the numbers. It was and, like, something was that old white men would love. It. It's an old yeah, white man that's... movie. <laughs> well, it's a dad movie. My dad loves yes, it. Not to everyone's dad My loves dad loves this it. movie. Um, everyone's dad <laughs> loves this movie. Everyone's dad's like, you gotta see Green Book. It's the best movie of the year. I'm actually unconfident that my dad would love it. I'm proud of that. Yeah, I'm sure he would. <laughs> I said unconfident. It's, it's a safe, you know. Oh, you're unconfident. It's, it's obvious. There, it had no subtlety. That was. I had two huge issues with it. The first being that it had no subtlety, and it was just really repetitive to me. The the yeah. structure of the scenes was just on on loop the whole time, and the, and the dialogue was really repetitive too. And the things they're actually talking about it was so repetitive. Yeah, it was the same thing over and over again. It's shot like a comedy. It's shot and lit like a comedy. It was yeah. written like a comedy though. Did you not notice yeah. the setup punchline type structure of the scenes? Mm -hmm. It was directed yeah, by of... the director of like Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah, he's a comedy yeah. director. Yeah. So they brought like that aesthetic to it, but. The subject matter and what I was expecting going into it, because I saw this movie after it got the Oscar, was like an Oscar-worthy film, like a Best Picture-worthy, like Roma or something. And it was really a silly comedy with very little to say about the subject matter of racism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all been said and it before. Won Best Picture. Yeah, it's all been said before. There's nothing safe about it. It's it stance on like police like they have the point where like not all cops you know they have that point and mm -hmm. it's like yeah obviously not all cops it's fucking I don't know <laughs> it's basically a road trip movie yeah it's a weird it's road like trip a corny movie, road but you trip have movie Black Klansman and Blind Spotting and like these really profound movies about yeah. this subject matter that are ballsy and have something to say something new to say yeah and Blind Spotting's not even nominated and they give Best Picture to this movie which has nothing to say neither is Beale Street too. No, at Beale Street, fuck all. Yeah. yeah. I see why Spike Lee was upset. Does this one annoy you more than, uh, what was it called? The one about the 
the pedophiles a few years ago. Spotlight? Spotlight, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody? (laughs) (laughs) While Spotlight is, I think, just as forgettable as this one. I no, mean, like Spotlight's both... a much better movie than this. Much better movie than I... this. I thought they were uh, kind of similar. Yeah. They're, you know, the they're, both... they're just fine. No, they're both no, really no, lukewarm. The, the authenticity of Spotlight is very real. Like, that's a journalist's experience, and that's probably what it was like to be those people. Like, I appreciate the authenticity they sure. put into crafting that. This has no, no, there's nothing authentic about it at all. Mm-hmm. Everyone was a cartoon character. Yeah. Yeah, there were some cartoony yeah. I mean, I, n- I didn't movie. even think about it in terms of the fact it's supposed to be based on real people until the very yeah. end. Like, they don't really feel yeah. like white people. They feel like characters in a movie. Yeah, very much exactly. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's def- definitely an Oscar Beatty fucking movie. Yeah, so you guys watched it live, right, when it won? I did. Alex didn't. No, I was oh. fast asleep. It would have yeah. been like 4 a.m. Well, man. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Spike Lee got up like, <laughs> when it won, and he tried running out of the theater, and Jordan Peele had to calm him down, because like, Spike Lee was pissed. And I understand <laughs> really? why. I think if any other movie won, he wouldn't be as pissed as he was. But the fact that Green Book won, I, I can see him watching Green Book and being fucking furious. <laughs> Especially that fried chicken scene. I could picture Spike Lee watching that scene and wanting Oof. to fucking kill somebody. <laughs> Yeah, that that was very confusing. What was the point of that? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Bad decision. But I, I thought it was fine. I liked it a bit more than you guys, but it it does not belong in this list at all. No. In terms of best picture material, it's just a fine... It belongs on TV almost. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a fucking TV movie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, it feels like it should be on TV. And you, you sit down, you watch it with the family... You have a laugh, you have a little cry maybe in the middle, and then you forget about it and you never think about it again. I'm exactly. never going to think about this movie ever again. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Oscar material. It was so. There was nothing it's about its presentation, about. like its writing, any like filmmaking element that's supposed to be <laughs> like rewarded at these events. Exactly. Is like <laughs> that's what's so baffling to me about it. Yeah. It's all very standard, workmanlike. Yeah. There was no like passion or creativity behind it. Except yeah. from, I think, Viggo Mortensen. I think he was. He, well, the two he always does a great it. job. Yeah, there was yeah, some good but... acting in it, but that's about it. Yeah. And Marshal Ali's good, too, but he doesn't carry it like, like yeah, Viggo does. Yeah, I agree does. with you. And his I character's think, really I think weak. Viggo does a great too. job. I don't even think it's Mar- Marshal's fault. Yeah. His character is kind of annoying. Annoying in what sense? I don't know. Just out of curiosity. Yeah, I, uh, it's just. It's just it, it, there's it's, no subtlety. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like the characters aren't characters anymore, and they're just there to serve as a purpose for, I guess, the point that they're making. But they just keep driving home or the same jokes. point over and over and over again. So it's like we just like like with the fried chicken. You, exactly, he was like, exactly. I need to like eat it with a fork and knife. And and like, it's the like, uh, Aretha no, you, Franklin you know scene. You don't eat fried chicken with a fork and, and knife. just like they don't feel like real people. And I. Swear to God, you could watch a 10-minute chunk of this film anywhere in the middle, and you have seen the whole movie. You've literally seen the whole movie because you've it's just the same shit happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. nothing new that they do with it. They just drag it on longer and be like, well, that's a movie. Like, fuck off. Like, you, <laughs> it's, so, it's so incredibly predictable and just... It, it's nothing. It's I could have just watched nothing instead. 
I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was like nothing or unbearable. It was just by the end of it, I was like, all right, so what? That was best picture worthy? Um, it's like if Old Man and the Gun won best picture or something. Like just some really bland movie you're going to forget about. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was just fine. I thought it was totally fine, slightly above average. Yeah. I wouldn't even say slightly above average. No, cuz I th- if if it was really as dull and predictable and had nothing going for it, then I would have been bored, but I can't say I was bored. I did find it repetitive and there are plenty of aspects of it that were making me groan in terms of how cheesy it was because god damn the film is cheesy that's points. the only thing that kept me from being bored was groaning at it and being annoyed <laughs> that's the only thing that kept me from being bored did you guys laugh did you think it was funny I, yeah I it was a couple parts times, were but... i laughed I mean, a couple times unintentionally yeah. but no this you no, i laughed a few times laughs. because if it felt like <laughs> it did feel like a comedy at points it felt like a real toned down comedy We've yeah. already mentioned it. Fe- it felt very much like structurally like a comedy, like they've made in the past. Mm-hmm. It's really similar to it, but it's not quite. It's like they didn't really think about the tone of it before making it. So it's like this weird hybrid of Oscar drama and like a comedy made by the Dumb and Dumber yeah. guy. <laughs> it, yeah. Like there's no control. You don't get the sense that the director actually has a control of what tone he wants and what he's going for. And yet it well, they just yeah. go for whatever's cheapest and easiest, and like you yeah. Know. There's gonna be a lot of people who say though this movie was fun, and that that's fine. You know, we're just haters. Yeah, we are just haters. I'm glad you enjoyed it, <laughs> but God, I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe my expectations were so low that I just wasn't as annoyed or upset by it as, as you. They were. were low. Mine were high because it won the Oscar, and Mine were every dad ever low. told me it's the best movie ever. <laughs> Everyone everywhere is hating on this movie, and the Sardonicast Reddit treats this movie as if it's like Suicide Squad tier. <laughs> so I was going in expecting yeah. like something really bad, but I just thought it was fine, and I'm never going to think about it again. Mm-hmm. It's one of the worst Best Picture winners, I think. I've seen it in a while. It's just such a boring, bland, unspecial choice when this is an event that should be rewarding crap yeah. and, <laughs> and like creativity... Yeah and achievements right not just like hey you farted something out cool <laughs> like congratulations push any boundary i hope this choice doesn't offend anybody somebody posted a link on my subreddit apparently there was a an academy voter that was interviewed and he said that the uh, or they said I, I basically the word on the street with academy voters was that they were not favorable of roma because of the Netflix thing. And apparently... Yeah. That since, doesn't surprise me. Since Netflix had this huge budget allocated towards the uh, four-year consideration campaign and all these like fancy you know, champagne <laughs> dinners and, and mm. uh, ceremonies and shit, and apparently Academy voters were like, nah, we can't let Netflix think that they can buy an Oscar... And all I'm thinking is like, this is what other studios do. <laughs> like, yeah, that's all, that's all they've is, ever done. This is that's the all fucking it is. process. Like, you've you've proved forever that people can buy Oscars. That's the whole it's fucking thing. That's why people so do these campaigns. Yeah, <laughs> the fame, the f- the same six studios always win. Did you see Steven Spielberg's comments on yeah. Netflix recently? He's like, they shouldn't Netflix even be too. allowed to be nominated for Oscars. What a fucking old fart. 
<laughs> they watch them yeah, on the TV. Cool. Make this a beautiful movie. Because they have DVD screeners. It's on TV anyway. All right? <laughs> they don't watch these movies in theaters anyway. What's the fucking difference, you idiot? It's because oh Steven Spielberg doesn't want Netflix to take over because everyone watches everything on Netflix now. It's your death yeah. of cinema. And they don't go to see his shitty movies. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> saw the BFG because they were watching Netflix. <laughs> Fuck off, Steven uh, did Spielberg. Did people tune into this one, though? Have there been word on the, the view? It was slightly higher than last year's. It was like a slightly jump higher. in by, uh, like, uh, I don't know. I forget the exact percentage. It, it was uh, yeah, not not jump. a huge. It's because people wanted to see. They wanted to see how much of a disaster it was going to be because they had no hosts and there was so much controversy around. Yeah, it. so much. True. Yeah. It was yeah. still one of the it lowest was years one ever. Of more controversial ones. <laughs> I think it's like the third lowest year ever. <laughs> I don't know. Because who could take this seriously anymore? I think people we just don't the point give it. a shit about the Oscars anymore, which is great. <laughs> I think people just want to watch it to see people get embarrassed. I mean, I feel kind of bad for Marshall Ali because he's just an actor, and now he's so like he's involved in this whole Green Book controversy. I don't think anybody blames him for them picking Green Book. No. Like, have have people been harassing him? Like, what do you what do you mean? I I don't know. <laughs> okay. Probably. Well, maybe, maybe there's a bit. <laughs> there, of everyone's probably being harassed. I don't. Okay, I, I'm not sure about that. I think most people are yeah. happy with Mahershala winning. I don't know. Like, people didn't complain about the performance. No, Green Book winning Best Picture. Whatever. Yeah. I think no one cares enough to even, like, <laughs> no one cares anyway. Enough, none of people yeah. Yeah. It's already done. <laughs> so what What would have been your pick for Best Picture? The favorite. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same Mine would have been uh, Black Panther. <laughs> for biggest funny, yeah, that would have been, yeah, been great. Like, I would for, have loved that. For yeah. Best Picture at the Academy Awards. This, is not, this does not mean my favorite movie of the year. But I think it would have been the best okay. win for Best Picture at the Academy Awards because we would get so many good memes. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I changed mine. So. I've seen a few memes of the Bohemian Rhapsody win already for, for editing. They're great. <laughs> yeah. I just want more memes. That's what I care about. Fuck the Academy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Embarrassing. <laughs> embarrassing. Fucking <is> right. embarrassing. <laughs> So what'd you think of uh, Red Dead 2? Oh, we're going back to Red Dead 2? <laughs> no, I don't know. I think we're... Are we done talking about the Oscars? <laughs> just, uh, I think so. Done, man. I mean, it's just so... Another year for the books. But Said we, everything we still we talk say. about it every year, though. I know, but yeah. it's... I don't know. It's there. There's important conversations to be had about this, I think. Yeah. You know, I, well, about snubs and it, it's just annoying because it it could be used for, for to such great effect. Like it could be a way of spreading the love of film in a genuine mm -hmm. way. It, it could has be been introducing new it's films. Just recently, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Recently, I feel it's been very disingenuous and uh, biased. Well, now it, like every single fucking choice they do is about politics and ratings, and that's it. Right, like, yeah. how many fucking things did they did they try to do where it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna change the Oscars. Please watch us again, and then people were pissed off and they were like, oops, I guess, uh, I guess we're not gonna do that one. <laughs> that was like five different yeah. things. It's like, what do you actually even <laughs> care about at this point? Like, have some fucking principles. If you don't give a shit about the cinematography award, then don't have it in there. Otherwise, you should have it in there if you care about ratings. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. Maybe they're going to get rid of the cinematography award this year because Alfonso Cuaron won it. 
and they didn't want him to go up there again. That I don't might know. Be it. I don't but... think. I I have no idea. I have no they idea. They make a either. bunch of stupid decisions, and it's just a big <laughs> annoying cringe fest. If you can get far enough down the line where they're actually thinking about hiding the cinematography award in a film award <laughs> yeah. show, it's already too late. <laughs> They've lost all credibility. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. too fucking late. <laughs> yeah, what an what an embarrassing organization at this point. <laughs> Holy crap! Like nobody likes the Oscars, including yeah. Hollywood now. Fucking Alfonso, <laughs> winner of several Oscars this year. <laughs> you know he was chewing them out Shit on Twitter still. <laughs> You know, like Guillermo and so yeah. many different people Basically are just every big shitting on the Oscars stepped in. for good reason. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. They're so <laughs> detached and clueless. They have no fucking idea what normal people are like. <laughs> and they have no idea what good so movies hard. are anymore. I don't give a fuck <laughs> if they know what normal people are like. I want them to pick some good goddamn movies to win awards. I just want to see Jimmy shit. Kimmel. <laughs> yeah, I want Jimmy Kimmel. I want Jimmy Kimmel back next year, and I want some good movies to win. <laughs> Quite honestly, the Oscars went by much smoother without a host. Yeah, yeah, really. It was it was so much less painful from an entertainment perspective of watching the award show. Although I so stepped in, and there were those uh, there were those comedians talking. What, I know what their names. It was Amy Poehler. Right. Yeah, there were some Wasn't cringeworthy moments, that's for sure, but not nearly as many. Yeah. <laughs> Except maybe <sighs> Bohemian Rhapsody winning Best Editing. <laughs> well, at least we got the 420 awards to look forward to. Woo! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Daddy Derek. You show him. <laughs> I really, I really, I'm going to say it every fucking episode. People need to show up to that. I, I'm actually really footage. tempted to go. I would love to go. I would be scared. <laughs> I didn't, I don't I'm like actually concerned about this man. I don't yeah, want to be on his bad too. side and while he's packing, you know. He's got yeah, a gun. I'd be I'd be scared if you knew who I was, but if I could somehow sneak in under the radar, maybe yeah. do a different accent. <laughs> Cuz he doesn't know what I look like, so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Dye your hair and and like put on a fake mustache. But do I need to dye my hair if he doesn't know what I look like? <laughs> it's just, you know, for the fun of it. <laughs> Play character. Go there looking like Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> you should wear your Alex the Lion for a suit. Yeah, that's it. Your Madagascar. <laughs> there was suit. some good Madagascar fan art. On yeah, the shout out to the Madagascar fan art. Yeah. So much of it, and it's all great. Shout out to the fan art. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll start this episode with those. I yeah, just Madagascar I, fan I, art. I, I got a bunch. <laughs> So, last episode, I recommended a movie, and that movie is The Celebration, Festin is the title, if you're Danish, I guess. This is a spoiler discussion. If you haven't seen the movie, you probably should. You should watch the movie. Come back and listen to us talk about the movie, if you, if you don't want to be Watch it with the family. Spoiled. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Green Book. <laughs> whole family can enjoy. <laughs> I guess this is the part where I'm supposed to describe it. I don't really want to uh, describe the whole thing. I guess this is a spoiler discussion anyway. So family <laughs> is uh, showing up for uh, the, I guess, uh, father uh, figure character's birthday. It's his, like his 50th birthday. 
recently there was a suicide in the family. It's not revealed yet to be a... It's slowly revealed over the course of the film that it's a suicide. The sister's dead. Uh, and there are, like, three siblings left. And uh, over the course of the evening, you can see that one sibling is uh, getting visibly uh, less comfortable until he reveals that uh, the father uh, raped him and his sister, the dead one, <laughs> as children, and that he's responsible for the sister's suicide. And so the whole film goes on, and it's a very um, interesting, stressful, emotional, very well-made, well-written film, in my opinion. But the presentation's a little weird. It's a, it's a Dogma 95 film, which means that uh, there are certain restrictions on uh, what you can do to present your film. And I guess we'll get into that. Uh, I don't want to talk for too long. What did you guys think about it? I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I thought it was pretty awesome. Awesome. It was excellent. <laughs> Yeah. Glad you like I'm glad it. you mentioned the Dogma 95, because mm -hmm. the style worked really well for this movie. Yeah. We talked about another Dogma 95 movie before, Dancer in the Dancer Dark. Dancer in the Dark, wasn't it? Right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It, it's not a Dogma movie, but we were we oh, brought it no? into the conversation because the scenes... That's right, yeah. The scenes that were not the musical scenes, like the, you know, handheld, those felt Dogma-esque, but not even Dogma yeah. believes that... You know that that dancer in the dark is a Dogma ninety five sure. film. It would okay. break uh, way too many of the rules, and it was by... never intended to be that kind of film. Yeah, it was hugely influenced by Dogma ninety five. It has a lot of the same stuff <laughs> as a Dogma ninety five. Von Trier is one of the two people that created the manifesto. So him and Thomas Vinterberg, yeah. and so the celebration is the first Dogma ninety five film. Von Trier's The Idiots is the second one, and so those were the two that mm. kind of like simultaneously released to create this kind of film movement which i guess we should probably explain for the audience that didn't yeah, watch our dance in the dark episode i'm just going to bring it up on wiki real quick because there's a uh, it has the whole list of um their the manifesto rules. here so basically in i guess 1995 <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> thomas vinterberg and uh von trier and later you know some other danish filmmakers kind of joined but they started this manifesto where the whole point was to I guess kind of encourage the idea of setting restrictions on the films that you make because out of restrictions can can come some really interesting and genuine ways of presenting your film. So if yeah. you remove the manipulative technical aspects like fancy editing and fancy titles and soundtrack and music and lighting and and camera quality if you if you break those down and take them away from your film, then you're left to focus on the writing, the performances. And they believed that this would help bring out some sort of unique or interesting or, or um, purposeful films in that sense. And so I guess here are the rules that they created. And this, you know, it's not like, oh, you're, all of movies have to be this way. It was just kind of like a thought experiment in a sense. One, shooting must be done on location. Props and sets must not be brought in. If a particular prop is necessary for the story, a location must be chosen where this prop can be found. Two, the sound can never be produced apart from the images or vice versa. Music must not be used unless it occurs where the scene is being shot. Three, the camera must be handheld. Any movement or immobility attainable in the hand is permitted. Four, the film must be in color. Special lighting is not acceptable. If there is too little light for exposure, the scene must be cut or a single lamp be attached to the camera. That's an interesting one. Five, optical work and filters are forbidden. Six, the film must not contain superficial action, like murders, weapons, etc. must not occur. Seven, 
temporal and geographical alienation are forbidden. That is to say that the film takes place here and now. Eight, genre movies are not acceptable. Nine, the film must be Academy 35mm. And ten, the director must not be credited. So that's all their rules right there. And um, that, I guess, should <laughs> give you an idea of what the presentation of this film is like. So you're basically yeah. almost looking at, like, kind of like a home movie quality thing. Like, stop and start mm -hmm. record if, if you could make a movie like that. Yeah, yeah. that's why it's I thought Dance from the Dark was one of them. <laughs> one mm -hmm. of the Dogman 95. Oh, yeah. Like, no, yeah. Also, the, the, the way they used like the style, the way they used this style was very different. Like, Von Trier in that used it to contrast, like, the classic Hollywood movies he was kind of mocking. Yeah. And here, they use it, like what, you, like what you were saying, to make it all seem more naturalistic. And mm -hmm. I think the way this film is shot just adds a whole another layer to it. It makes it feel much more real. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was watching real people throughout the whole thing. And it totally, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it makes it feel like a home video almost. You feel like yeah. you're one of the family members yourself sat there with a, with a video camera kind of observing the horrible stuff that's going down. Mm -hmm. It totally engrosses you in the in the sort of dynamic and and grounds the whole wackiness of the story and how extreme it yeah. goes it does keep it level-headed and it really does engross you in into the places that it does go i will say right. with the how unique it is at first it does take a few minutes mm -hmm. to get used to it but once once you figure out where they're going with it and how it does really add to the film it, it does improve the experience a lot i will say there were a couple maybe two or three instances where it did kind of bug me mm -hmm. um and it kind of pulled me out of the movie because it was it was achieving the opposite effect to me mm -hmm. where it was reminding me that it was in fact a movie and and it was a sort of a, a high point of of tension and i was really into the story and it mm -hmm. it kind of bugged me just with the way the it was all to do with sound i think there was like a weird cut and the sound just sounded totally like it was from a different moment in time and it was like um, not too, not too keen on that, but it was such a minor mm -hmm. thing compared to the the artistry that went into putting together most of the other sequences in the movie, which for the most part are pretty, pretty flawless. Including like, there's, I was reading some of the trivia in the sequence where the main character kind of gets dizzy and falls over. They do a little trick with the microphone. They spin it round in the air to give the oh, yeah. the audio that that strange effect to kind of add to the dizziness thing because they're not allowed to do Ooh. any sort of audio work in post. So mm -hmm. it, it cool. does force them to be creative. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, what I find interesting about the audio in particular is if every bit of audio is produced with the images alongside them, obviously you're going to get a lot of you know when a when a scene cuts. It, you're you're going to hear the audio cut in some way. Not every single time. Sometimes it's going to be more noticeable than than others. But what I find interesting about that is not only did I get used to it very quickly mm -hmm. once it's like a part of the film and and it's like oh this is like the whole movie. It's not really that distracting anymore. But I also thought about the fact that like when you're doing things like the uh, dinner table scenes and there's like an entire crowd of people talking. Not only is it a bit more effortful to actually have all of the extras talking and having their own independent conversations in mm -hmm. the room. But it also kind of fixes other issues that uh, films that do that kind of thing in post get so often. Because one of my pet peeves yeah. when it comes to films is uh, when there are characters in a loud environment, whether it be a bar or even like this family dinner scene where there's supposed to be a lot of crowd chatter, they film the scene in complete silence 
and just get the actors to talk. But it seems like 99.9% .9 of the time, not even kidding, like almost every film ever, whenever they film a scene like this, they forget to have the actors talking louder than normal. They mm -hmm. forget that yeah. the environment is supposed to be loud and that they'll they'll add in the loud environment in post. So then you just have like, you know, you have a club scene and there's all this like bassy music, like brown party and crowds screaming. But the character, <laughs> the characters are talking at this volume to each other. The characters are just talking normally. Yeah. It's like, that's not how it works. You know, like the, the club scene in, in uh, the social network, they were yelling at each other. And I was like, holy crap, there was a movie that actually yeah. considered that before adding the, the sound in post. Like, thank you, David Fincher. But there's so many, like, almost every single movie forgets to do that. And I f found it interesting that that was never the case with this film because they actually had people talking. So the volumes of the characters were genuine because they had to be, otherwise they couldn't hear each other. I found that kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let alone the technique, the, the performance and the actual story and the way it's gradually trickled out is 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 so perfectly done from the sort of slow start and you don't really know where it's going or or what the this reveals are even going to be mm -hmm. um I, I had a sneaking suspicion what might uh, be going on because of uh, i'm a big fan of um the director's other film the hunt it's oh, one of yeah. my favorite movies big fan of that movie and i, have th you seen I, it really? I thought there'd be more i have not oh god definitely check it out you haven't Sorry. seen that one i think it might be better than than this yeah movie, i think but, i think um, the hunt is better Everybody check out The Hunt. Yeah. 2000... Yeah, for sure. Nine? Two th no. It's later. 2012 or I something. I think so. 2012. Okay. Somewhere around there. There are elements of this family that that feel so realistic, as you said, Ralph. Like, you, you see elements of... If uh, if you guys have, like, a big family and know what that dynamic is like, mm -hmm. you can... You, there's certain characters that you can see reflected and the kind of things, you know, yeah. you would experience and... <laughs> about 36 minutes in when the the bomb is dropped at the that amazing scene where he reveals mm -hmm. with the his um he makes the the dad choose from the two scripts and he chooses the green one which is like the truth script or whatever mm -hmm. and it just really adds to the whole it is a spiral from then on just watching the family totally collapse because at the beginning yeah. they're a whole and by the end they're they're pretty fragmented mm -hmm. so there's like a real well, plays, arc with the it whole plays family on the fear of something going wrong at a family reunion. Yeah, like, yeah, Whenever yeah. I go to a family event, I just hope that nothing goes wrong and that no one fights with each other. <laughs> and this is like the worst, the worst nightmare case scenario. <laughs> what could happen? And that's why I found it so entertaining and funny. It's kind of stressful. Too, <laughs> because although this doesn't sound like a comedy, I did find it, it has a very dry, very dark sense yeah. of humor. No, but I, I did find it very funny. It is yeah. listed as a black comedy in yeah. many places so and no, it, that's it, a lot yeah, to so do with the execution too you know just any other director handling the subject matter would not play it like a comedy <laughs> but he does and it and it works yeah it, it makes it more realistic too the, yeah. the slow burn of it too where mm -hmm. that reaction where the family after that first reading of that script where he reveals the truth no one really reacts properly that they're just like oh he must be joking yeah, because how, how do you, you fucking believe that? that? Like, what what the fuck I would you that. do? Right? Exactly, yeah, that's exactly what people are like. Whereas in a more typical movie, maybe they would have all started screaming and there'd be a yeah. fight and it would be like the most expected yeah. thing ever. But it, that's what helps it feel just so genuine and real and so sort of intimate with the family. There's just this awkward silence, mostly. And they just keep ignoring 
the horrific shit that is being said. This happens multiple times where the yeah. guy comes in and starts telling the stories, and everyone just goes, "Oh, let's go to the next room, everybody. <laughs> Don't worry." It's skin crawling. Yeah, and and I mean, like, it, it's a fascinating study of just how denial can can play on on people because yeah. you know if you if you've known someone your whole life it's like their 50th birthday they're a family member and every experience you've had with them has been positive and it's like okay mm -hmm. like you know you think you know a person you know there are pedophiles that exist they they're probably like yeah. nice people outside of raping kids who knows like there are people that are <laughs> able to get away with this kind of shit because nobody would believe that they would do such a thing and it's difficult to you know, it's people don't want to right. believe it. And you can tell the family it, itself is just like they don't want to believe it because it's it's a horrible thing to have to come to terms with, especially in your own family. Like, holy fuck. Mm -hmm. I found the wife's reaction very interesting, too. Oh, yeah. Because she's kind of on yeah. the sidelines this whole time. And she probably knew what was going on and never said anything. So she's just kind of quiet. Denial, man. Yeah. And yeah. I... I you know, was just a lot of shots of her face, just staring silent. <laughs> She's a great actress, so I got a lot from her facial expression. But mm -hmm. yeah, there's that scene where yeah. she has her own speech, which is oh, like yeah. all these backhanded compliments to all her kids, and it's like, look at you, you're like you're a monster. You're just as bad as him because of like yeah. what he's made you do and what, how you've reacted to this, and you've yeah. like chosen him over your own kids. It's really disturbing mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah, just keeping the lie going. I mean, there's people that exist like that because it's like, exactly, I don't yeah. know, like she's married to the fucking guy. Like, how how the hell is she going to come to terms with that? I think yeah, most people <laughs> are, are so dishonest. <laughs> well, not most people. I think there's a lot of people <laughs> that are just so dishonest and, and would be as in as much denial about the situation where they just pretend it isn't happening. Like, there's a lot of people that exist like that on the planet where they just hope something goes away. They saw something like she apparently she walked in the room and he was like, get out. <laughs> like as he was fucking yeah. the yeah, kid like saw and, and yeah, yeah. like that moment, just imagine what, what she must have done in her own mind to like ignore that, to, to like compartmentalize mm -hmm. it, it, like yeah, pretend yeah. it was a dream or like, Oh, he must've been doing something else. Like what fucking lies would she have been telling herself? There are people like that that exist. The way she responded to that situation is very natural and realistic way that a lot of people mm -hmm. would react to that. And a lot of yeah. wives have been in that situation where they have an abusive husband and they just choose to ignore it because it's mm -hmm. easier. So Because you're married to the fucking really... guy, you know? Like... Right, you're yeah. married, you have this whole life with him. You have a house, you have a job. The second you acknowledge that truth, your whole life is over and you have to like restart. Exactly. You have to get a new... And people don't to want move. to. It's like in, um, what's the other movie we saw about pedophiles? Happiness. Bohemian like Rhapsody. That movie. Yeah. Bohemian <laughs> <laughs> You know, one thing I did find quite interesting about the whole setup is they don't make it entirely clear whether or not it's genuine at first in terms of they kind of plant the seeds like mm -hmm. he might actually be kind of crazy. He might yeah. be mentally ill. So you're left questioning for a while hang on, is this movie doing a fast one on me? Is it trying to test, like, uh, what I think people, you know, maybe are capable of or who who you side with based on accusations alone or that kind mm -hmm. of thing? But they do, they do trickle it out in such a way where it is it's kind of a payoff and you do feel vindicated by the end with, with where it goes, with yeah. how the family kind of yeah. rightfully falls apart because of You're it. right there with the family. At first, you don't even believe it. You're like, exactly, this can't yeah. be true. <laughs> can't be true <laughs> and then everyone laughs it off and you're like oh okay they laughed it off it's probably fine the guy's just great yeah, yeah. 
This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then 40 minutes later. <laughs> Just watching the, the mother um, when she delivers her speech and half of it is just talking about like oh yeah well he had an imaginary friend when he was younger and he can't distinguish yeah. fantasy from reality and just immediately just her her goal is to just discredit this story mm -hmm. yeah and it's like it makes so much sense there's people that would do that you know yeah mm -hmm. the, the father's reaction was very interesting too where he first starts with the accusations and he doesn't like have this flip out or anything. He stays very calm and like brings him downstairs and they talk it out for a bit. It's like how a real family would handle this situation. Yeah. I don't remember doing that. <laughs> You're yeah, crazy. So fucked up. But then when he actually snaps towards the end and lets out that line that it was all you were good for. Yeah. That's, yeah. That is like the, the true. Okay, yeah, you're guilty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went <laughs> That yeah, was that, rough. That's a that was a rough moment. moment. Yeah. That's also just like a very realistic reaction in terms of like, okay, mm -hmm. this person has has been a lit fuse the whole fucking night, <laughs> you know, like like they're about yeah. to blow yeah. up at some point and then that comes out and it's obviously like, you know, his gut reaction is just like, yeah. I'm going to make you feel like shit for what you've done to me at this moment and that's all he's thinking. Mm -hmm. And then that comes out, yeah. and it's just like, holy fuck. Mm -hmm. Well, that flip, that, that switch flips, and he becomes that monster that yeah. you've never really seen up yeah. to that point. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus the fuck, facade. I didn't know this guy. And at the end, he comes back like the, like a rational adult, and like, I know you will all hate me for what I have done. Oh, yeah. I am sorry. And then he walks out. Victim, victim <laughs> Which now. Is, he's still a piece of shit, yeah. but it was so, you know. That's a great scene. In that character, it made sense. Mm -hmm. I found there to be like a, a lot of really realistic, dynamics between characters the only character that i thought was like a bit cartoonish at times was the nazi guy i don't know if his real voice is like that he, he sounded like he was constantly like barking <laughs> like, it was a bit cartoonish know. for me at points but otherwise it didn't really take too much away from me yeah i was okay with that mm -hmm. i love the creative choice to have the opening and closing titles being shown through bathtub water written on the bottom of yes. the bathtub. Not just because that looks cool and it's like, okay, so I'm not allowed titles because it's a Dogma 95 film, but that fits perfectly in line with the themes in the story. Thematic, yeah. Because it's like, well, that's the that was the location of the suicide. Like, she drowned herself in, in a bathtub. And so it makes perfect sense. It fits. It's very impactful. It's very, like, ki kind of, like, off-putting and disturbing in a good way. Love it. Yeah. It sets the tone real well. Everything's very intentional. One of my favorite sequences in the movie is the kind of treasure hunt moment where the sister goes into oh, yeah. the, the, the the room where the suicide happened and she's kind of following these clues to get to the the suicide note that no one had read yeah. before. But it's kind of intercut with these flashes of... Um, what you think is the sister in the bath and it's just a really creative like well edited well executed scene yeah. that i thought really stood out to me out of everything in the movie that was my favorite sequence probably it's a really well-made movie despite the dogma 95 yeah. style so it's low quality but like the editing is terrific like you were saying there's that scene he's running christian is running to the party and he's like hopping over people and shit that scene was really well edited mm -hmm. uh the great use of dutch angles and depth of field and really he's a 
good director. I've never seen one of his movies, but I plan on checking more of his stuff yeah, out. Yeah, this now. is a good first movie to watch from him, and I would recommend uh, The Hunt for sure. Should be yeah, should be your next hunt. one. Those are his two best, easily. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't seen every movie, but it kind of fits within the same theme too. They're almost like a double They're feature. They're almost <laughs> companion pieces, but in different ways. Yeah, exactly. Let's not say any yeah. more. No, no, no. When it comes to the Dogma ninety five style, there are certain aspects of it. Like, I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of the kind of like dream sequence near the end, because that was a moment where I feel like oh yeah that kind of takes away from the gritty raw realism that we were experiencing the entire film because the dogma 95 you know as you said it feels like you're watching someone's home movie in a sense but now mm-hmm. it's like oh am i watching someone's home movie of like a ghost or like a dream you know <laughs> yeah. it was it was really weird it was kind of creative it's like okay you have a he had a candle or something and you know like there's some creative choices in that sense it's like okay this is interesting how you're trying to pull off kind of a flashy editing technique without it necessarily being one at all but um yeah i I mean there are some aspects where it helped and some aspects where it didn't i really enjoyed the uh spinning camera scene transitions those were really cool yeah those could fit in any movie dogma 95 or not and i I mean there's other movies that have done that but for this it felt really appropriate and fitting yeah it's one of those movies where it's it's so excellent and it it achieves what it's going for so perfectly the aside minor quibbles and quabbles i mean what else is there to even really complain or mm-hmm. go into you know yeah i would never watch it again or at least not for a while just yeah. cause, just because really? of how uncomfortable an experience it is all right yeah i feel the opposite i'd but... happily watch it again oh yeah <laughs> yeah i think this was my third yeah. watch or something but i hadn't seen it in so long i needed a mm, good refresher okay. I think yeah. I'd like it more a second time. To be oh honest, yeah, me too. Cause... I think I would too. Not now that yeah. I know what I'm going into. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a great movie for a second watch. <laughs> I was looking up the Wikipedia page for Dogma '95 when my roommates were asking about it after I showed them this film, and I I laughed because uh, under the under the tab for criticism, uh, guess which film critic <laughs> criticized the movement? Roger Ebert. Uh, Armand White. <laughs> Hey, my boy. My yeah. man. <laughs> What's his issue with it? American film critic Armand White criticized the movement, stating that it was the manifesto that brought filmmaking closer to amateur porn. He believed the movement <sighs> would be rejected as insignificant by film historians, which, of course, is the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Armand White. It's all right, Armand. You keep it up. Dunkirk was bad because it wasn't patriotic enough. <laughs> oh, is that what he said? Yeah, he bases all of his all of his reviews on his own conservative political beliefs and nothing else. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't know anything about whether or not the film was like well made. It's literally just like, does this align with my political views? Yes or no? Oh, and he's a film critic on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, he's a published film critic. Oh, cool. The best. Very cool. He's the reason why Very Moonlight cool. doesn't have a hundred percent. He was he was the one the one <laughs> yeah. rating. Gay movie. Because there was no conservative Gross. Yeah, gays. We don't make movies about gays. This is get this out is of here. Perverted. He's a funny guy. We're getting close to the amateur porn. Yeah, come on. <laughs> what a bizarre. Why? Because it's it? shot on a shitty camera if the Come only on. dogma film he watched was von trier's the idiots then i could almost agree with him 
<laughs> yeah. And once you okay. see that movie, you'll understand. It's not. A, it's 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 interesting. It's definitely unique, but it is almost right. amateur porn. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> cool. Certain Tom's scenes for jokes. sure. Oh yeah, you can watch it. Let me know what you think. It's it's a uh, it's a very uncomfortable film. Is that what all these dogma films like do? They're just like we're gonna make you really uncomfy. <laughs> well, because this style works best for that. I yeah, mean, it's a really ugly-looking movie, and here it's <laughs> to show like there's this sinister underbelly to the family. Like it's this normal reunion, but it kind of looks. Well, that's the off. chaos too, because it's all handheld, yeah. shaky. Yeah, handheld, perspective. Shaky. When they're like arguing, there's that scene they're arguing, and the camera's like just you know panning back and forth between them. It's very frenetic. Yeah. I love that. I think that in terms of creating a story like this where you understand and you're aware of and you're purposefully creating these kind of limitations, not just in on visual presentation, but in story especially, I think that this is just one of the best well thought out concepts that you could make for this. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's, it's a perfect drama that focuses on the characters and performances at its core. And I believe that this was actually um adapted into a stage production at one point which totally makes oh, sense cool. yeah because you could easily yeah. have it as a play but i think it works but very this doesn't well as feel a like a too. play that's that's a big yeah, it doesn't. thing is yeah. that this doesn't feel like a shitty play that they just adapted alone is what i'm saying yeah you're right about that yeah. it's just this isn't like fences or anything where you're like wow it's like a play but they recorded it <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a genuine film mm-hmm. that uses location and sound yeah. and everything to its ability so. Yeah, I would like to see more movies that are told in an interesting way. You know, like Good yeah. Time. It doesn't is... have to be specifically Dogma ninety five. Exactly, just, Good know, Time is a, a great limit, example. It, of this. Limitations can make something yeah. way more cool. Yeah, having a having a a unique style because if it's consistent, and especially if it's purposeful too, it's like you can get used to it really quickly. Not every movie has to be yeah. made the same way. Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. It's too risky, though, isn't Netflix it? Netflix doesn't count. Like people are too scared to try it because I mean, you can see how this film could have gone wrong if they didn't have the material or the the gumption to pull it off. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. can you can see why it scares filmmakers away. But it does pay off though if you can get it right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's also I mean, part of the reason why Dogma ninety five isn't a thing anymore is because like you can literally just film a movie on your iPhone now. <laughs> so like them. back at one point it was about purposefully making restrictions where you know the norm would be okay how do we how do we prop this film up with like soundtrack and editing and blah 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 you know how do we how do we make up yeah. for its shortcomings in the story etc cetera, etc cetera. but now it's like any movie can do that and it's not really a dogma 95 movie anymore but it kind yeah. of is it's like a whole new movement <laughs> yeah. of iphone movies tangerine and steven sodenberg's making a few yeah, oh yeah, Steven Soderbergh is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Unsane and his new movie, too. That's why I love him. He'll, he'll do anything, all kinds of genres. Have you seen Bubble? No, I haven't. That was an interesting Soderbergh movie. I love Very his, weird. The best thing he's ever done, I think, is The Nick. I haven't seen that Which is that one. show. It's fantastic. And uh, what's his name? Cliff Martinez did the score. So it's like this 1900s period drama about a hospital, but it's got this like electronic score. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> You should totally watch all of that. All right, I guess uh, I guess we said everything we wanted to about this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I give it a four out of five. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I thought it was excellent. Uh, not quite as good as The Hunt, but came close. Um, it really won me over by the end. 
Um, I gave it a four and a half stars out of five. Nice. I give it a, a nine out of ten. Great movie. Nice. Damn straight. Love it. Time for questions. Yeah. It's question time. Whee. Although I, I do want to say, um, last thing on that on Dogma ninety five. Sure. I think the the like philosophy behind that kind of thinking is like it's kind of more necessary and needed than ever now in terms of yeah, like kind big of. Bu- budget filmmaking because look at the films that succeed best and I I keep jumping to in my head like Denise Villeneuve with Blade Runner and Arrival and the the, the decisions he made specifically with sort of special effects and how to use them mm-hmm. and applying limitations to it is all yeah. they always look better that way whereas you you know you can clearly tell with a film like Aquaman or any of these stupid big blockbusters with infinite budgets that they they never stop and think to maybe limit what they they're capable of because now you can do anything in a computer exactly so, it's amazing how much CGI stifles creativity when you yeah. think it would do the opposite. When like, you can do anything. I rewatched 2001 the other day, and there's that split screen or the split scan effect at the end, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like all mm-hmm. the colorful bars oh, yeah, going yeah, through. Yeah. Crazy. And it's all done practically, of course, because it's yeah. 1960. And yet I've never seen anyone with a computer make something look that cool or create a concept exactly. that looks that interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it's it makes just it something timeless. about doing it practically. It always it has, it has a feel, and it feels real. It's like uh, yeah, I wish they would do that. Computer animation is essentially just outsourcing scenes of your film, <laughs> in a sense. Mm-hmm. It yeah. can be. I think a lot of directors just basically do it that way. And once you have the eye for it, it just ruins movies too. Like it, it does. <laughs> you you just see it how always, it's fake always it noticeable. Looks. Yeah. It's not totally always. Noticeable. You can't say always because when you don't notice it, you don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. David That's Fincher's true. good at I, hiding I it. We back. mentioned him earlier, but he's got a visual effects background, so he knows how to do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. So. There are tons of visual effects everywhere in a lot of movies that you would never even expect. Have oh, I ever yeah, told yeah. you about the like uh, the demo reel for the production, the animation company that worked on The Wolf of Wall Street? They showed like a clip of uh, yeah. all the effects they did in that movie. It's like, oh wow, I didn't even know there were effects oh, in that yeah. scene. There's a lot. Yeah, no, that one has a, has a bunch, doesn't it? Dude, yeah. you're not kidding. Every movie has tons. I mean, even Lover. Mm. You've, Lover's a fucking $10,000 <laughs> movie. There's tons of t- tons of visual effects are in that movie. Tons. Yeah. Like uh, erasing shadows and fucking boom poles in the shot that we had to erase. Nice. There's stuff like that all the time. It's just part of making a movie. But mm-hmm. still, that doesn't mean you should uh, just put the actor in a green screen yeah. room and fucking make everything later. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's not going to look good. Yeah, yeah that's the issue. <laughs> It's the difference between touching something up and just, you know, replacing <laughs> what the what the scene could have been. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, let's let's do some questions. <gasps> we got some good ones. We got some good ones this episode. Um, before we go into them, though, head over to the Sardonicast Reddit um, if you want to leave your own for us to answer in uh, subsequent episodes. Um, let's start off with one from Tunisian. Uh, where do you see Sardonicast in a year, considering we are just slightly over the one-year anniversary of Sardonicast? It's been a year, apparently, guys. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It has been a but year. We started with the Oscars. Everybody. The Oscars was our first episode, so... That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It's crazy. And Cloverfield. Yeah, <laughs> Cloverfield, and Cloverfield Paradox. Paradox. yeah. <laughs> Everyone remembers that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, that's. I'll just write I mostly it just out. wanted to say because we'll of the, the the acknowledging that it's been a year thing. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I could see me being replaced by Jeremy Johns, but that's it. <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> Can't hide it from me, Adam. I know you're looking for a new host, <laughs> a new co-host. <laughs> Jeremy Johns or the Cinema Sins guy, right? Those are the two yeah. you're considering. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh... son of a bitch. I see us uh, having more guests. I feel like the, the the podcast works really well even without guests. Like, this isn't really a guest-centered podcast. But I would like to yeah, see some more I people like it without show guests. up. And, uh, yeah. You know, just to have some people on every once well, when, in a while. When we have guests, it's very thing. casual. Yeah. Yeah. It's very casual when we have guests on. We just talk about the movies like we normally would. Yeah. So <laughs> When other people aren't around, we bicker. We fight. <laughs> fight yeah, to the we death. fight a little more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good, it's a good okay. friend fight, you know. Yeah, it's it's friendly. Yeah, we're not serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after the podcast, I cry to myself. <laughs> All right, bye guys. See you. <laughs> yeah, Just I don't know. The day. It's uh, it, it's difficult for me to answer. Yeah, the question I, I can like, never answer this question. Where, this type where of are we question. gonna be in a year? Like, I, I don't know. know. I could die. <laughs> like, you don't yeah, know what's gonna happen. Could die. Yeah, live in the moment. I could win the lottery. <laughs> I don't know. Let's try to get Alex Jones as a guest. Let's make that the New Year's Ooh, resolution. What his, what's his favorite Alex Jones movie? Or Alex Jones? I don't know. What do you think? Hmm. hmm. Probably, probably something by like Sanjay Gupta. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, I, th- I thought of the wrong person. We'll, we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Jones' favorite film is something from Sanjay Gupta. Great. Man. I, to- I totally flubbed the person. That's not even who I wanted to talk about. Now I don't even know his name. Dinesh D'Souza. <laughs> Dinesh D'Souza. That's, That's his who name? I meant. Yeah. Well, who the fuck is that? Just a guy that makes propaganda. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sanjay Gupta is like, okay. a, like a medical expert on CNN or something. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, why do you... Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I confused the two names. Okay, let's move on to a question from... S Destroyer V. What's the most offensive movie you've ever seen? <laughs> I've got mm. quite a good answer that's relevant to I mean, this. I, got, very I gotta episode. go with Birth of a Nation. So, Birth of a Nation. Yeah, the the old one, the one from the '30s, the one that's like the the pro KKK movie. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's, right. they show in Black Klansman, right? They show a lot of things in that movie, don't they? At the end, yeah. I can't remember. There's a there's a scene in Black Klansman. They're watching it. That's a <laughs> yeah, very offensive movie. So do not watch Birth of a Nation unless you want to be a film historian. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, my choice feeds back into the. Uh... <laughs> it was actually created by the, the now Best Picture winner, writer and director of Green Book. Uh, oh. Movie forty three. You seen that, Gem? Oh god! You seen that comedic masterpiece? <sighs> I've seen some I've of it. Seen, yeah, I've fucking seen some hate of it. that film. I fucking <laughs> despise that film. Yeah, that that is an actual like offensive, insulting comedy. I cannot stand that movie. I love I how it came to so be. <laughs> it feels like he, the, they have something on all these celebrities. Like they've got blackmail on them all, and they force <laughs> them to be in this comedy. That's honestly they, how it feels. They basically tricked everybody to yeah. be in it, right? Because it's like really? you you get like a a five minute segment, all you need is one Hollywood star to say yes, and they'll be like, oh whatever, it's just a five minute, you know, fuck it, 
Like, it's a paycheck, yeah. whatever. They got, and then once Hugh you Jackman have one first. Hollywood star, then you're like, we have Hugh Jackman in our movie. And then everybody else, somebody else is going to be like, oh, I want to be in the same movie as Hugh Jackman. And then when you've got more and more celebrities in it, then more and more celebrities will want to be in it. And so that's basically just how it happened. It was, it was a big ruse. It was a big trick. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my pick. I, God. When I think of movies that, like, offend me, it's either going to be for... I guess one or one of two reasons. Uh, one of them could be like it's a American remake and they just completely miss the point. Like Spike Lee's Old Boy was just fucking offensive to me. It's like what <laughs> you don't even respect yeah. the original movie at all, do you? Like what movie That's did true. you fucking watch? You know when when you when you put this piece of garbage out. That's <laughs> the Last Airbender to me. has that too. M yeah. Night's Last Airbender movie. Other yep. things that are offensive to me in films can be like. If it has a very unintentionally twisted sense of morality where you take a character that through all reasonable measurement is a total gigantic piece of shit and then pretend like as though they're supposed to be sympathetic, you know, like Chloe and life is strange. Like this is a terrible person. <laughs> this is a terrible person. <laughs> why the why the hell are you pretending as though we're supposed to relate to and care about and and love this character as though she does good things? You know, there was like the it, there was a Criterion movie called Heart of a Dog, where like I can't even I can't even remember all the specifics to it, but I remember watching that and being like, holy fuck, the person that made this movie is like a manipulative asshole, <laughs> and and it's so weird how it's presented because it's like. They never acknowledge it. What's a recent one that came out? That Melissa McCarthy one? What was it called? Oh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Can You Ever Forgive Me? Like, she's a total asshole. She's a piece of shit. She basically, like, killed her cat. Like, <laughs> why are we supposed to feel sorry for this person? Oh, she killed yeah, her they, cat. They do it, they do it in the another one of her comedies. Um, identity identity thief. thief. I That's a really good example of that. Identity Thief. Yeah, I fucking that hate that character. Is the most unlikable little bitch I can fucking. Yeah, but they I want hate you to... that character. Yeah, no, and exactly, they pretend yeah. like, oh, she had a bad childhood. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Bad they expect childhood. you to feel sympathy for yeah. her. Nah, right. Nah, not on. Those are some things that so offend unlikable. me. I mean, if the movie's good either way, then sure. But usually they're not. <laughs> if they're, they're doing <laughs> yeah. shit like that. Right, because then they just have poorly written characters. Yeah. Speaking of, um, what was it called? Life is strange. Yeah. We have a question from uh, Pirate Disco King YT, <laughs> who says, "Do you believe that a good film adaptation of a video game is possible when adapting from a short story, novel, or play? You're bringing to life a character by representing them with an actor on screen. But is it possible to make a film version of Lara Croft or Nathan Drake, for example, that isn't just an inferior copy?" Also, mm -hmm. is there any joy to be found seeing characters on screen doing the things you've done yourself in a game? No. I am 100% convinced it can't be done. I'm not. And no I'm one's not done it. I'm, I'm totally convinced. Well, did you see the Uncharted live-action short? I forget. They Probably. made, Probably. They made yeah. a live-action oh, yeah. short of Uncharted. I think it's unofficial. It might be... I don't know, I don't know what it is. It is unofficial, yeah. It's like it, a fan point project. is, it was bad. Because the whole time I kept thinking, that's not Nathan Drake, that's not Sully, and, and <laughs> like just the the idea of translating a video game, which is a completely different like medium, into a movie, I just don't think it works, and it never has worked unless you what? somewhat like if you take the interesting world of a video game, like let's say Fallout, and make it into a movie, 
like set in that oh world, yeah like the universe work. with different characters yeah, yeah. like, like you set could easily in the do that for universe, mass effect set in yeah set in the mass effect universe yeah but the idea of translating a story or a character into a movie it's not gonna work it's never yeah. worked i would love to see a movie People in the like halo it. universe but I don't think that Master exactly, Chief yeah. is a very compelling character. <laughs> He's intentionally... Nolan North is Nathan yeah. Drake. It's a performance. He's intentionally he a blank slate. does the mocap slate. for him, too. Well, yeah, it's like this weird circle where video games get all their cinematic like inspiration from movies already. So yeah. taking it back to being a movie is like reductive and taking it... <laughs> it's like boiling it down in something it shouldn't be. I I, I do agree with the certain worlds are, are, are prime for kind of more exploration in terms of stories but when when you're just adapting characters like god there was that time where they were going to do like a gears of war movie <laughs> a halo movie a bioshock yeah. movie all of these franchises and things known for their characters right and mm -hmm. you, you can't straight adapt it because no one's going to do it justice and it's always going to be distracting and confusing and bad yeah yeah and it's like they're 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 planning a Last of Us movie and an Uncharted movie, which yeah. I think are two. Like, what are they going to do? Really Last of Us. How are you going to make a Last of Us movie? Yeah. What the are they going to do? Already they're just going to remake The Last of Us. Yeah. yeah. It needs to be long. Like the, the Last of Us is already like a a mini series, you know, with like cinematic cutscenes already, with mm -hmm. great performances, and there's nothing that making a two-hour movie would improve from that material at all. No. Yeah. Nothing. Do you think a television show from a video game would work? Like a miniseries? Because they're making like The Witcher. The Witcher with Henry Cavill is coming out. I'm not convinced Do you that, think that would work? even a film could never work. I would never say that it's impossible. I would like to see it done. I don't think it really has been done. But I would never say it's impossible whether you're talking about a movie or a miniseries. I cannot name a single video game movie I like. And there yeah. have been some talented people who have tried. And failed, and like I, I just they're don't so know. restrictive. They're so it's restrictive really when they're working within already existing like characters and things. Like I tried watching that Assassin's Creed movie from uh, a few years ago. Yeah, unwatchable. It, it's it's just nauseating. And the same That's with that funny. Tomb Raider movie that came out like last year, or whatever oh, yeah. it was. What's <laughs> the point? Yeah. Oh, I saw that uh, Hitman movie because I love Hitman. No, I saw yes. the original and the new one, Hitman Agent Forty Seven. They were both fucking awful, and they totally missed the point <laughs> of the game. So, I don't know. These well, games, yeah. too. Some of them. Like, how do you make Hitman into a movie? Hitman's a fucking, literally a block of wood. He's a person, he has no personality. He's just a hired killer. And you're going to make a movie about him? <laughs> what, are you, what is he going to do? I think that part of the problem is that these are very successful intellectual properties, but they're from a different medium. So, you've got a lot of money mm -hmm. behind it. You're going to get a studio that is not going to give it to somebody who's actually passionate about the project. They're going to hire a random director for it. You know, they're going to be like, mm -hmm. oh, you, you make movies that make money. Here, I'll toss this to you. But chances are that director is not going to have any sort of familiarity with not only like the medium of video games itself, but probably the, the actual game itself. They're not going to understand what makes it special, why people like it. Because they're mm -hmm. separate industries, right? They're completely separate. And although there are elements and you of have each different industry writers. to be found, you know, in, in, in both, it's it's still just I, I don't think that there's a huge amount of crossover. And it would have to be it would have to be somebody's like actual passion project. The closest that we got to that was 
I think maybe the Silent Hill movie where the guy was like fighting for so long, like, please give me the rights. I want to make a Silent Hill movie. And even though it wasn't great, it wasn't like a great movie. There's definitely faithful elements to the film adaptation. Yeah, that's it probably the best one. That's one of the best of. ones. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. that's because it was a guy that really, really wanted to make a Silent Hill movie because he loves Silent Hill. That one and Warcraft, because I think Duncan Jones really I wanted still haven't to make seen Warcraft. That. Um, I've seen not it. a good movie, but no. you could tell he gave a fuck about the world and everything. Okay. Like all that's it's, very yeah, developed. It feels like it's one of those movies movie. made for the fans type deal. Where yeah. Like, yeah. I, you have no clue what's going on if you're not familiar with that world at all. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty deep in that universe. There are two Life is Strange fan films on YouTube. <laughs> I know you, al- you already know my opinion on the games. I think that they're cringeworthy as shit and terrible. <laughs> but the 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 fan films are like the game. <laughs> it's like the same really? thing. Like the characters are the same, you know, like the environments are the same. It's like this is oh the most accurate, faithful adaptation I've ever seen towards a, a, a video game ever and it's like a, it's a it's a fan film with kind of terrible audio and camera and acting, but, like, so's the game, you know? Like, the, the game's <laughs> terrible, you know? Like, everything about the so game is very terrible. Faithful. And so it's like, it's like I'm watching the game. Like, I've never seen anything like it. Like, they, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I though? gave it a thumbs up and I subscribed. I'm like, damn, son, this is like I'm watching the game. <laughs> Are they worth playing, though, for that that element of how bad they if, are? If you are a fan of the Life is Strange universe, whether ironically or not, you should watch these fan films. Really? But you have to... I mean, if you don't know anything about Life is Strange, then you might just be watching a random movie with a bunch of high school 20-year-old people acting and... It it might not give you anything if you're if you're not already invested in the Life is Strange universe like I am. You don't want to see a Life is Strange movie then. <laughs> I think it's going to happen anyway. I think they're planning like a TV show or movie or something. Really? They're yeah, always planning, they're planning these like things. Real... They never happen. Exactly. They were, they were planning knows? that Halo movie forever, and then Neil Blomkamp just made something else. It's, it's, Wait, it's well, never they're actually happen. doing a Halo TV show now. Like Showtime has it booked in. Oh. They're shooting it. Yeah, yeah, you don't know about this. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Oh, yeah, they're doing a series, and it's supposed yeah. to be, not my words, but they describe it as their Game of Thrones type thing. But they're going to have to compete with this Star Wars TV show, which will have you know better special effects, bigger yeah. budget, and yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's, I really yeah, like we'll Neil Blomkamp's uh, shorts that he made for the Halo franchise. Yeah, they're great. Those yeah. were awesome. He's someone who's good with visual effects. Yeah, and yeah. they're but those are short. Again, like when you make a two-hour movie, you got to care about the characters, and yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, Spacey Fork says. Oh, what is one thing that y'all find odd about each other's countries? <laughs> hmm. I find it weird that Americans complain about the title of the favorite, even though that's how you're supposed to spell it. Oh, damn, that's, yeah. That's it? <laughs> that's the only complaint American you have spellings. about Americans? I mean, there's plenty. Of, I mean, <laughs> how long do you want me to <laughs> talk? <laughs> there's a lot of weird shit. There's a lot of weird yeah. shit about your country and about everyone. I mean, it's just cultural differences, really. But it's like, right. why? Why did you? Why did you get rid of the letters in certain words? Why don't you? Why? Like, <laughs> you, look look at a map of the countries 
that use Fahrenheit and Celsius. Look at a map of the countries yeah. globally that use, the, that use the metric system and imperial. Like, what the hell is up with America? Why is it so stubborn? Because <laughs> we're fucking country. pricks. What, are we going to change it for you? <laughs> Everybody in the it's world. It's been this way forever. It's been like, this way for 200 years. It's not my fault. I learned I learned inches and feet. So I, I, I measure everything in yards. No. It's like your country is <laughs> already, admitting that you're that you're incapable of learning something I'm in my 20s. I'm not new. learning meters. <laughs> Get the fuck out question. of here. We're, we're all sticking with inches and feet for now. Because okay. the alternative is to learn something else, which is not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but if you just if you just start the new generation, you know, if you just change the education curriculum and, and teach them meters, yeah, why not? It'll then you'd be the with the yeah, rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, we need to fix way more about the education system. Ah, uh, yeah, probably. We got other things to work out before that. Uh, but things about your countries, I don't know. I don't think you know anything about any country other than America, because you're American. Out, <laughs> bam. Yeah, those are the way Americans oh, are. That's another thing. You uh, don't know anything. UK, your food, <laughs> your food sucks. In the UK. Okay, take a shot. That's kind of weird, <laughs> right? I, I've always, I've always heard Americans say that, but like, what, what does it actually mean? They don't like crumpets. What, that your food isn't good. What, what do you, do you mean? Like, what, what's like the traditional UK? Like if I go to America, burgers, steak, fucking uh, chicken, <laughs> fucking, and then you got like all the different cultures. You got so you Chinese mean, like, food, you got fucking uh, Indian food, you got all kinds of good stuff. UK, like what is what is the UK known for in terms of food? <laughs> B- uh, bangers and mash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sucks. I'll never fucking eat that garbage. No, bangers and mash is good. Yeah, bangers yeah. and mash. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I ever. Yeah, bangers no, no, and the, mash. The, 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 so te- the go-to and... like takeaways oh. here are Chinese, Indian, fish and chips. <laughs> yeah, fish and chips. Fish and chips. What's and, like Yorkshire chips? pudding? Go- it's not a you meal. <laughs> How's it not a meal? How's it any it's less than anything? Than a of course, it's not a meal uh, to an American. You guys don't even understand portion sizes. Bam. No, <laughs> no, no. Ouch. We have two cheeseburgers fat, and fucking it's fat. Yeah, we know how to eat. We know how to enjoy food. You know how to eat too much. Bam. Unlike the UK, they gotta outsource all their food. Because <laughs> we're a tiny island. Countries. <laughs> <laughs> like France has amazing food. They're known for they're known for so much great food in Italy and Germany. Like, like what? The UK's got nothing. You got fish and chips. Oh come on! <laughs> Once you have good fish and chips, you'll you'll be alright. Your life That's will all you change. <laughs> you can make anything about though, in any country. You just go to a supermarket yeah. and buy ingredients. I want to know if you know anything <laughs> about Canada, Ralph. Canada. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of weird about Canada. Like what? You guys are too nice. Oh, boo. <laughs> oh, boo. Okay, in with the nice, the nice one. It's a funny stereotype. Is that, is that I'm not upset true? about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not really harmful. At Would all. you say it's it's genuinely quite true though? Yeah, of course. There was um, <laughs> there there was a um, there was a story about a uh, hitchhiking robot. Basically, it was like this um, this tiny little thing that had like a, a camera and would could like talk or whatever, but you know nothing complex. It like held a sign saying like I'm trying to get across Canada. It started on one end of, the, of Canada and made it all the way to the other, and it was considered this like huge success. Like oh wow, people just like you know picked up this robot, drove it in a car, and dropped it off at a place, and then somebody else did. It was kind of cool. Then they tried it in America, and within a day, it was like destroyed. <laughs> it was literally <laughs> fucking crashed. They broke the robot. Yeah. Like somebody fucking destroyed it. Because we don't give a fuck. I think. I think. Um. You know, Canada has its own political <laughs> issues for sure. And yeah, there's some divisiveness between provinces, et cetera, et cetera. But I think you know, living 
right next to America, it's very difficult to consider many of our problems to be all that serious. <laughs> hey, we all got problems. Yeah. What, what's so? What's a serious problem with America? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Poverty, school shootings. Uh, like, yeah. there's, there's a few. Hey, you got your issues too. I don't know them because like, I don't know anything about Canada. There's but. like, there's like states where it's legal to to not hire someone because of their like sexuality and you know or gender yeah. identity. You know, there's uh, there's mm -hmm. states where it's very difficult for women to get abortions. You know, mm -hmm. like there's 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 a whole list of of things in America that uh, health care. There's a big one. That's another thing that, that well, you're not with the rest of the world on yet. Damn, Adam's going in. I don't know. I think our health care is fine, but yeah. <laughs> we could argue health care another time. Well, ours, ours is free in the UK, and it's not doing too good at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's right. The, all the countries with free socialized health care have pretty bad health care. I wouldn't say so. From what I know. Well, that's because you live in America. I, I think... Well, our, I, my health care is very good, and I think most people have pretty good health care in America, from what I know. If you I mean, I'm it. no fucking expert on healthcare. I don't think any of us are. <laughs> All I know is a lot of socialized countries with free healthcare have bad healthcare. Depends how big they are. Most of the money you spend on healthcare, I believe, is like the last 10 years of your life. So, yeah. just a fun fact. Makes sense. But what about, like, <laughs> so... as far as odd things about other countries? Yeah. <laughs> my one for America is the, um, the immense costs that go into the military. <laughs> Like honestly, yeah. the, the amount <laughs> oh, for us dwarfs—it's it, insane. It's like six hundred billion or something a year. Yeah, <laughs> it's our like biggest three industry. times the size of China. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. crazy to me. Devil's advocate point coming in here. If America didn't do it, would another country have to? That's a part of the alliance here. Because, it, it, like, our—I think our countries don't really have to because America does. <laughs> I think, like, Canada doesn't have to have a giant military because it's like, oh, what? No, You're going to fuck with Canada? We got yeah. America buddies over here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're right next door. Yeah, we got your we're, back. We're, we're their hat. You're going to fuck with America's hat? I never heard Canada referred to as America's hat, but I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're That's our funny. pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would just be Russia then. Who would have the largest yeah. military, and we don't want or that. China. You, you want Russia to have the largest military? Yeah, but global that's why. foreign policy. We, we on literally this will keep everyone else in line because even if China and Russia took us on, we might beat them. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And Eddie, I, 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 I haven't. Uh, I'm still waiting for you guys to shit on Canada a little. What? Well, what can we say? There's not much Maple to say syrup. Canada. You guys yeah. are fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're fine. I think we're doing pretty good. You're too fucking nice. I like living yeah, think here. about the stereotypes. They're, they're, none of them are harmful at all. No one can think of anything. It's just maple syrup, hockey, and that you're nice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> there must be some like hidden secret about Canada that we don't know about. <laughs> you're all like pieces of shit. Like you must have some like <laughs> dark secrets. Do you have like caves where you fucking hide children and like keep caves. them there forever or something <laughs> that you all know about? Like this underground cave network? I don't know. Who told you? <laughs> yeah i mean like every country has their issues there's you know there's there's corruption in politics and you know corporate interests being put ahead of uh public interest and you know canada has its own history with you know racism etc and just you know terrible things that have happened 
But again, living right next to America, it's really difficult to <laughs> to feel <laughs> like our problems are that big. I think we're doing fine. You got no shots to fire at the UK over here? Um, Come on, give us your, your best. Food well, I've soccer. never been to the UK is the <laughs> problem. It. I've never actually been, so it would be very difficult for me to make accurate criticisms. Mm. Um, you guys, I don't know, you guys have uh, some interesting words every once in a while. It's kind of funny. Oh, yeah, here's, here's my criticism that I, I think I understand just, you know, being a person okay. on the internet is uh, what your police force is like going around collecting people's hammers and shit, saying that they're weapons and like oh, it's like censorship like and like that whole cucks, yeah. like Count Dankula <laughs> thing and like, oh, oh no, yeah, you, can go, you can go to jail for like saying words. Like Canada doesn't have as much free speech as America does on paper, I guess. But like it, it's not as Orwellian as, as the UK seems to be at this point. Well, yeah, it's an issue when... <laughs> You can be prosecuted and and <laughs> go to jail if uh, someone breaks into your house and they they scratch their leg on the glass. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> or like you're not allowed to injure people that come into your home or break in or stuff stuff like that. You're not allowed any kind of weapon on you. It's illegal to have to like carry mace around or any kind of Jeez. weapon hmm. that you can you know use to harm people. Yeah. Meanwhile, with us, it's the exact opposite. We could just it's walk around with open carry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's know. hard to get it's hard to get a gun. It should be harder. Uh, it's hard to get a gun. It's a lot easier to get a gun in uh, America than it is in Canada. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's not like you just walk into Walmart and get it. <laughs> Although in some, actually, that's that's kind of true. Yeah, you can <laughs> buy them Walmart. from Walmart actually. Not not an assault rifle. You can get like a like a hunting rifle. Yeah. You can't get it like a a pistol. This is a very dense question. He just asked us if there's some weird That's things awesome. about our countries and we ended up talking about uh freedom of speech and <laughs> gun control. Yeah, global foreign policy. <laughs> yeah, global foreign policy. Yeah, on this movie <laughs> podcast and a bunch of memes and shit. Like <laughs> the military budget. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. a funny uh, English, what's an odd English word you meant then? I want to know what you find odd about my language. I don't <laughs> know. I'll just I'll bring it up next time you say one, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I, I can't think enough, of one. I say them enough to the point where you can point well, out every once a in one. a while. I don't know. <laughs> rigmarole. You said rigmarole, rigmarole once. Yeah, that was that's one. A I good, think. That's a good word. That's a good UK word. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few out there. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're good at you know, swearing and stuff. I would have to. I would have to visit the UK to get a more thorough understanding. Really? Yeah, just don't bring like a weapon. I'm right. not planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our country's uh. got legal weed now. Boy, we're yeah, we're behind over here in terms of that. Mm -hmm. Still illegal. No one actually cares though at all. Yeah. Police. Maybe you care. should get freedom of speech first, and then you can worry about <laughs> the weed. <laughs> That seems like a pretty important one. Yeah. Canada's no, definitely you, got issues, but like nobody pays any attention to what's going on in Canada anyway. So it's like we just all deal with it ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, it's a bit of a cluster over here, to be honest. Hmm. You got it right over there in Canada at the moment, I expect. I think we're one doing fine. One more question? Yeah, we can do one more. Yeah, okay. This is an interesting one I want to know your guys' opinions on. 
We've, we've touched on it briefly in the early days, nearly like a year ago, I think, at this point. But Ralph Jankum has a question about our thoughts on films with exceptionally long runtimes, such as, excuse my pronunciation of some of these, but Satan Tango. You heard of this? It's a seven hour and 30 minute long movie alongside the evolution of a Filipino family, which is nine hours and 53 minutes long. Mm. Out oh, one, which is 12 hours. Bela. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Rezan, which is 14 hours and 33 minutes long. Would you watch them? Mm, <laughs> are you willing? I, are you, I what would. are your thoughts on movies that long? I've never seen a movie that long. The longest movie I've seen was, uh, I think, Lawrence of Arabia, right? Mm. Three hours, 48 minutes, yeah. That's nothing so, compared to the so 15 hours yeah, long. I, nearly, I, don't some of these are. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, I have to do it in chunks. There's like, there's like a guy that's like making the longest movie ever, and it's supposed to be like weeks or some shit. Like, <laughs> he, he released like a 72-hour-long yeah. trailer online, and it's just a bunch of, it's just a bunch of what, random. Bull- it it's, there's no story. I don't even, I don't know. Look oh. it up. It's literally just yeah, like, yeah. So he's just filming a bunch of shit. Yeah, he's just yeah. filming a bunch of dumb shit. Literally, and it's just like okay, yeah. that's you, not just, you just want to be in the Guinness Book <laughs> of World Records. I want like records. a legit movie made like that, though, like a yeah. weeks long movie that's made like an like actual a real Odyssey. Movie. You should check out uh, Lev Diaz. Norte: The End of History was great. That's, a, that's that one's four hours ten minutes long. That's like a really great mm. movie. I think that you both should watch okay. it honestly. Maybe recommend it one day. Yeah, maybe, maybe I could do that. <laughs> Did you watch it in like one setting? Yeah, I think so. Or I watched you, it. Did you split I watched it, it twice. It was on my 2014 list. I think so. Yeah, Damn. I mean, like, I'm sure I went to the bathroom, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this guy is. Um, I think he's from the Philippines, but uh, he's basically known as kind of a, like a figurehead in the slow cinema movement, if that's a mm. thing. Yeah, the, there was a film he made called From What Is Before, and that was five hours, 38 minutes, and that was pretty good. Goddamn. He's a good director. It's a matter of it, if, if it earns it, you know? Yeah. There are so many movies that don't earn their running time. And if you can make a 10-hour movie that earns every every hour of it, then go ahead. But if even if even three hours are bad, then I, that's hard to justify to it's me. It's like marathoning a miniseries. You might as well, right? Yeah. Like, there's no difference. Yeah. Miniseries are essentially just movies, but, you know, every hour there'll be some sort of cliffhanger, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they're structured to to get the emotional punch yeah. in that hour. <laughs> to make you want to click yeah. next, you know? Right. And yeah. I yeah. figure a lot of these movies aren't structured like that. I think I, I think a 72-hour movie doesn't even have a structure. It's of probably just not. a bunch of shit. Of course, too yeah. far gone at that point. If it's just random you would, shit, you would have like, to invent a new way of telling a story for that to work. <laughs> You'd have to have like a twenty-act story. Yeah, we'll see. I'll check out that Bela Tar one at one point. I don't know when the fuck I'll do that though. It's I a whole day. You mentioning that movie, I can't remember what it was. It was like this really obscure, like six-hour-long movie. Oh yeah, it was like called really pretentious or something. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> the cremaster cycle. That's yeah, cremaster cycle. <laughs> yeah, those are bullshit. <laughs> those are bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are the funniest idea. To those me. are just pretentious garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the idea of making a movie that long already is kind of pretentious. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, it's hard to like not if if the number one thing about your movie is it's long, and <laughs> that's like it. It's nothing to yeah to do with like the actual. Like, quality that's not a selling it. point, buddy. <laughs> it's just like a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. right. You got no. Could have made a movie time. that was five minutes long with the same Matthew resources, Barney. and it would have yeah. been better. It would have been way better. <laughs> yeah, the um, uh, cremaster completely out of order. Some of them are like short films. Some of them are. Let's see how long this one is. Cremaster Five. Do they have a story? It's it's like it's like a imagery. It kind of has a story. It's it's like it kind of just wants to be Holy Mountain esque, but doesn't know how. You know, it's it's Uh, it's one of those. So he released a film. His most recent one was in 2014 called River of Fundament, and uh, that one is five hours and 20 minutes long. And uh, you can't find it anywhere <laughs> because it just does like the only screenings that it does are like at museums and like I, I, I guess like I don't know I, I checked on the website and it's like all these like art galleries and stuff screening the film just random places but like I don't know just put it on put it on iTunes or something let me watch it it's got <laughs> uh, Paul Giamatti in it oh really yeah it's weird huh. Maggie Gyllenhaal and Ellen Bernstein. I went to like an art exhibition somewhere and um, that Kiwi actress from Lord of the Rings was just in it. Kate Blanchett was just in this oh. random installation. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's weird. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. If a, if a long movie is good, then good. I think there is such a thing as too long where it's like that just oh, becomes sure. the point. And it's like, okay, you just wanted to make a long movie, but you don't give a shit about the actual movie other than it just being <laughs> long. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's about That's it, I fair. guess. <laughs> Woo! Another one done. We've done Another one. We've done it, boys. We've, done it. We've did it. We got him. It's been a year or more. I think it's been more than a year now. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Uh, is it my turn? Is it? To... it is. is it? Yeah, is it? It, is. it actually is this time, Ralph. It actually is this time. Okay, good. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to make sure. I like how you said so There's no fucking I thought you'd no have been looking complaints. forward to that hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the movie I'm recommending for next episode is a movie by Martin Scorsese called <gasps> After Hours. Okay. It's from 1985. Okay. You guys cool. haven't seen this, right? No. No. Awesome. Good. 85 enjoy. Scorsese. It's on my watch list already. Yeah, good. so mine too. You guys will enjoy it. Dang. Nice. Looks good. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's Freaking a nice shit. change of pace, too, because it's a fun movie, and it's not a piece of shit. <laughs> like <Hopefully> Madagascar. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, how, uh, how easy was it for you to find uh, the celebration, Alex? It was very oh, hard it, for me to find it. Really? Oh, it was outside. easy. It was piss <laughs> yeah. easy for me. Just oh, right. on Amazon. Oh, I, awesome. It was like £1.50 to rent. <laughs> awesome. Mm. Glad to hear. Yeah, I was pleased about yeah. that. I already had the DVD, so. Um, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, sweet. This one should be easy to find, though. Scorsese movies, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah, accessible. Hopefully. All right, yeah, if uh, yeah, anybody listening wants to join in on the discussion next episode for After Hours, directed by Martin Scorsese, watch it before the next episode if you do not want to be spoiled. Actually, After Hours is available for free on Vudu with ads. Oh. So, for those of you who don't have money. Ads, sorry. <laughs> Maybe somebody yeah. else will. But for those of you who want, you could just do that, or just pay yeah. three bucks. Free is free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Watch it before anyway. next episode if you don't want to be spoiled. 
Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the show, uh, sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium. $2 a month gets you these episodes early. And also patreon.com slash sardonicast is our merch link working yet. Did anybody ch- check this shit? Um, I have been I have been working on it. Um, okay. The, the store is just Damn about it. set up, I think. Okay. And it should have that integration where you can sort of see them on the video, which would be quite good. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. Also, yeah, we'll have merch our Spotify again in a bit. broke, but it, it should be back up now. It Especially be back by up? the point this episode's up. Yeah, okay. it should be back up. Yeah, sorry, Spotify. If not now, then by the time this episode. Yeah, I don't know. Everything just broke all of a sudden. <laughs> our, our merch <laughs> link, our, uh, our website. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it went wrong. It's Spotify, hard. iTunes. Yeah, it is. They're trying to take <laughs> us down. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to stop us. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.